Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 29th of December. The freezing fog bringing the travel misery. The Christmas recycling shambles. They can't, apparently, reuse glitter-covered cards. Because I'm assuming, like the rest of us, it gets everywhere. And so you can't actually do anything about it. But, of course, when you're recycling all that Christmas paper, what are they going to do? We now can have a separate thing to recycle the glitter stuff because if it's all in with everything else, you're not going to manage it, are you? Uh, Harry's getting together with his girlfriend, like whoopee do. He's 32, for God's sake. We're not dealing with a 12-year-old. The Twitchers are out to see the Blue Rock Thrush and fly to New York for only £56. Too good to be true? Yes, it is. Oh, and Celebrity Big Brother. What a bunch of deadbeats. What a bunch of deadbeats. We talk about um, we talk about Debbie Reynolds, a star, undoubtedly a star in the firmament of Hollywood musicals and in Hollywood films. Debbie Reynolds was a star. And then they go, oh, John Jor- sorry, no, James Jordan is a star. No, he's not. He's a third-rate has-been. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Sam Fahir's a star. No, she's not. Debbie Reynolds was a star. That's the difference. It's a real naff lineup of Celebrity Big Brother. It really is. The Tortured. There was a lovely picture the other day. In fact, actually, I think it's appeared in some of the papers today. Uh, there was a spat between Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. Some years ago, uh, Paris Hilton, not the brightest penny in the box, uh, started making comments on Kim Kardashian's bum and things like that. And so they then sort of fell out. They didn't speak for ages. And then they were, they were pictured out at a Christmas party together. And I thought, that's nice. And then you suddenly realise that both of them are famous for what? Making third-rate porno films. That's exactly what they're famous for. The Paris Hilton sex tape and the Kim Kardashian sex tape. That's what passes nowadays for a celebrity, ladies and gentlemen. Very sad. Very, very sad indeed. And uh, what else am I going to tell you? Something else, isn't there? Oh, yes. There was a story in one of the papers. DJ takes swipe at George. And, and then I read who this has-been is. And it was somebody, he was sort of saying the mass hysteria over George Michael. I thought, honestly, what, that's why you're an ex-DJ. That's why nobody really cares about you. We've got the fat fraudster posing as a string of sexy women. She conned people out of £20,000. We've sent her off to prison, so perhaps she'll be able to go on a diet. Um, what was the other one? The other one was the... Uh, oh, the twitchers. Now, I always I worry about twitchers. Because they'll only have to say, you know, there's, there's some, you know, out there this morning, a blue thrush or, you know, something's come in for the greater warbling tit or something, which is posed in, you know, on a flight from Antarctica. And immediately hordes of men in anoraks descend on a tiny village just to see, uh, hopefully, a pair of tits. I mean, if you're lucky enough, you get sort of one. But if there's a pair of them out there, I mean, dear God in heaven, you've got sort of, you've got the complete set. And so they, they just take over villages, they take photographs, and that's it. Now, whether or not they compare photographs of tits afterwards, I don't know. They might do, they might not. I mean, it's an odd thing. I've never quite understood it. Seriously. I mean, I have seen great test, uh, great, uh, uh, what do they call them? Great feathered tits, great crested tits, great tested. And of course, in this weather, a lot of blue tits, a lot of blue tits out there. And, and I sort of worry about people who go out there and they go, I mean, is there, is there a, a drum that beats and signals the arrival of these birds in this country? And people immediately go, we've got to go to Renfrewshire or something. And they all trek up there. And they did it on to the Manor Bourne, where they had a bee eater, uh, which arrived in the little village. And all, all, the, all the twitchers turned up. I mean, you, I, mean, you, I mean, I could be speaking out of turn here. You don't know. There might be twitchers working on this station. 
I couldn't possibly go. I think there's something the matter with them, basically. I don't think it's a normal kind of thing to do. It's different if you're sort of building models. A friend of mine says you can go into... Have you heard of this one? You can go into Lego and for £100, they will take a photograph of you in a booth and turn you into Lego. And you can walk out with, I forget how many thousands of pieces of Lego for £100. And it makes a model... I want one of these. I want one of these. I like this. A friend of mine told me about it the other day and I said, oh, that sounds brilliant. And then everybody was getting very excited. Oh, what's Steve Allen going to be saying about uh, about the talented Victoria Beckham? And I said, well, you know, I kind of thought about it. And I thought, so she's got an OBE. You get nominated by somebody. Somebody can phone up. Could be her agent. Could be anybody. And you write in. There's an office in Downing Street where you write in and you go, I'd like to nominate Steve Allen for services to the terminally bewildered. And, uh, and to trolls everywhere. And, uh, and then they go, we give you an award. And what they, they do is they just submit it to the Queen. She can't veto anything unless you've done something dreadful at the end, in which case they can then take it away from you. Uh, a few names spring to mind. But uh, at the end of the day, Victoria Beckham, for services not to singing, thank God, thank God, because we'd have had an issue with that one, wouldn't we? Because otherwise you might as well give it to all the Spice Girls. No, it's apparently for fashion... I don't know anybody who's buying this stuff. And she has to, don't touch my money. She has this sort of thing where she, you know, she sort of props it up with a bit of Dave's money. Uh, but it services to charity. She's apparently on the board of charity. Well, I've never seen her doing anything. I know that probably sounds quite mean. But, you know, they say she's on board for PETA. And have you ever seen her out there demonstrating? No. Have you ever seen her doing anything? No. So I'm not really sure. I think it's a bit of a quasi thing, isn't it? Because they hand, and everybody's now saying, including, including Darren earlier on, that perhaps we need to relook. At the honest... I mean, they gave it to Janet Street Porter. What on earth do you want to give an old bag like her anything for? When she hates it. She absolutely hates it. So, hypocrite to the very last, you know. She goes, oh, I'll take one of those. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, and everybody goes, you're just not pleasant, are you, really? Uh, can you fly to New York for 56 quid? No, you can't. But the papers tell you you can, because you haven't added up the extras, which we'll tell you about later. Uh, they've had a clamp down on nail bars. Uh, they did this in Twickenham a short while ago. They arrested a number of people working illegally. That's where they actually put them. A lot of them are, are slave labour, and they've, uh, they've had 100 people arrested. They did a clampdown on so many nail... Because it's, it's the biggest growth industry, isn't it? A nail bar sort of pops up. Nobody's a bit surprised. I mean, I think in, in Twickenham, I think we've got about three nail bars. And people go in there, and for 25 quid, you can get your acrylics done and have a pedicure and have all these little bits and pieces done. And, uh, and in fact, the other day, they were hoiking them out left, right and centre which is a little bit embarrassing. So 100 the other day, 100 people. Uh, also, Nigel Farage, the man of 2016. The rumour has it as well that Adele has got married. So uh, that'd be quite nice. I couldn't care less, really. I mean, I'm really not remotely bothered about Adele getting married. I'm not particularly bothered about Victoria Beckham getting an OBE. I mean, Dave got his ages and ages ago. We were hoping he was never going to get a knighthood. And uh, all he's actually done, he sort of he played football and then he advertises underpants. But I did ask the question this morning on Twitter. Come on, hands up. Who's ever seen David Beckham off his face on uh, on drink? Nobody. OK, hands up now. Who's ever seen Victoria Beckham off her face? Yep, loads of people. Because poor old stick-thin Victoria Beckham can't out the... In fact, the last time we saw her being helped out by Brooklyn, who undoubtedly has to be given a CBE for, you know, for services to skateboards everywhere, because they're just a marvellous family. I mean, really, Cruz should be getting one for services to music and uh, Romeo should be getting one for, uh, for services to himself. But undoubtedly, when Victoria turns up at the palace, I don't know, don't they just pop that OBE in the post? Uh, 
you, you just get a little medal, don't you? But but you actually, but you don't sort of. It's not in front of the Queen, is it? One of one of the minor royals. Knowing poor old Victoria Beckham, she'll get one of Andrew's daughters. <laughs> Watch your ear, dear, and your face. They're very dangerous. Oh no, you're not doing the sword thing, are you? It'll just be something. Uh, and our services to work. Victoria Beckham will love every minute of it. She so wants to be accepted by the establishment. And consequently, you know, to get something like that, she can then go to Dave. I got one. I got one. Although it's taken quite a few years to actually get there. So they must have thought about it. Good and hard. And the whole family will turn up on Matt. They'll be they'll be mob handed there. I promise you, everybody will turn up. Victoria Beckham. The Queen does award some of them. Not anymore though, she's ninety now. Is she still doing them? She gave Andy Murray's br- uh, brother Jamie got one. Didn't even know he had a brother. Oh right, he's a doubles player. Woo! And uh, but Victoria Beckham. I I don't know. Do you reckon maybe the Queen for that one, or she'll probably get Prince William or something? But that's that's her acceptance. That's her, even though they spend very little time in the actual uh, in the actual country. Uh, so now, what did what did we discover this morning? We discovered that uh, Debbie Reynolds, who yes, I'm never going to mention it again. I must be the kiss of death. I must be the kiss of death. I say to somebody they're looking really well. The next minute they go and die on me. And Debbie Reynolds came in. Uh, well. I said to the producer, Chris, this morning, I said, I said, I interviewed Debbie Reynolds. He said, can you remember when? I thought, yeah, right. I can remember the last time I had Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's no chance. Uh, I said, but it was a few years ago. It might still be on the system. Well, blow me down. It is on the system from 2006. No, 2010. Sorry, 2010. So six years ago, it's still on the system. And it wasn't a half hour programme. It was an hour. Now, was it called In Conversation or was it? We think it was called. It's, it's had so many different um, name changes over the uh, over the years. But she came in, brought in some lovely people. And I said to him, look, there's no room in the studio for you to come and sit down. It'll just have to be me and Debbie. So me and Debbie Reynolds and the producer, Amanda, at the time, sit in a little tiny booth, little tiny booth. And we interview her for an hour. And she talks about all sorts of things. We talk about Hollywood. She talks about her children. So a little bit later on this morning, I'm going to play you a couple of clips of that uh, as our tribute to Debbie Reynolds who's just just amazing 84 she got to 84 but she seemed to be she she was over here I think doing her one woman show where she sang she oh it was just it was just it's Debbie Reynolds for God's sake you have to put it in context you know she was a big Hollywood star Sam Fahir's a nobody from Essex an absolute nobody you know and they go oh Sam Fahir's is a star Gemma Collins is a star no they're not they're just some naff old bimbos from Essex who sort of got lucky on a TV programme and then tried to make a career out of it. As I say, once you've heard, and I will bring it to you in about uh, about two minutes' time, the list of the has-beens for, uh, for Celebrity Big Brother. None of them are celebrities. That's the embarrassing thing. Not one of them are celebrities. They're all dreary little nobodies. And we'll run through the dreary little nobody list after this. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Yesterday, the topic of conversation on the programme was whether or not eating ice cream made you gay. Uh, This was after Richard Hammond said that uh, he didn't eat ice cream because he was heterosexual. And that prompted a flurry of outrage from people going over. I mean, there were certain people who, including Peter Tatchell, I was a little bit surprised. He was a little bit sensitive over this. You know, he said, oh, this reaffirms it. And you think, nobody really cares. Nobody, even gay people were going, listen, nobody gives a stuff. If you seriously believe eating ice cream makes you gay, then there's something the matter with you. Go and get some help as quickly as possible. And so then we decided what else was gay. We, we decided Pavlova was gay. Uh, we thought that certain cars were gay. Pink was definitely gay. 
Pink was definitely gay. It doesn't make any difference whether you're heterosexual, if you're wearing pink. And then I pointed out to the producer, I said, but wait a minute. I said, you know, pink is, is an acceptable colour. All the main shirt makers do pink as a colour. And so that moved away from being gay. You know, boys playing with dolls. You can actually play with, with dolls if you want to. It's not going to make you gay. It, it really doesn't make any difference at an early age. You're either going to be gay or you're not going to be gay. I don't think you can make somebody gay. I mean, you could if you gave them the wool and they had your, your size. They, they could probably make you a gay. But apart from that, it's just never going to happen. And eating ice cream doesn't make you gay. So we then, then we would decide, people were then writing in, you know, with various food ideas of what we thought made you gay. Uh, or what could be classed as gay food. And I just got one in from, from Dave. And, uh, and Dave is uh, an LGBT activist. And I knew that straight away because he's, he's wearing his, his wristbands. And, he, and he's got chocolate on the table. And chocolate is gay. It's as simple as that. If you eat chocolate, you are gay. OK, don't ever, never, ever think, you know, if you eat sausages and smile, you're gay. You know, that's 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 the way it works nowadays. We can't help it, can we, Dave? Uh, Dave comes from, uh, well, he sort of he alternates between London and Middlesbrough. So uh, at the moment, I suspect it's probably London. He said, but uh, Steve Allen is radio gold. Never lets you down. I am the gift that keeps on giving. So here they are. Uh, in my own inimitable twist to the people who are going into laughingly Celebrity Big Brother. These people are called celebrities. They're called celebrities because they have about as much talent as I've got in my little finger. The first one, the poor, dreary, ageing old Lothario Callum Best. What does that poor creature do? What does he do? Well, he had lots of different girlfriends and he was George Best's son and he got left nothing apart from a lot of empties. I think there was a watch, and I think that was all he got left. There was, George didn't leave anything else at all. Nicola Hughes is some page three creature. I say creature because nobody knows who she is. She's one who talks like that. What, babe? You know, she's a real simpleton. And we know that because we saw her on the television. She was picking out a holiday home for her boyfriend, who was a, a successful footballer. I say was her, her boyfriend. She's married and got children now. But, you know, she's like, like talk like that. Bit like half the cast of The Only Way is Essex. You ever heard Gemma Collins talking? I mean, really, it's just embarrassing. I mean, so many of them. Uh, James Jordan. Dear God, whatever happened to that career? Kicked off the Strictly programme, gone from that, and then pitched up. Even the people at Strictly were going, you're not on the programme anymore, lovey. Uh, Jasmine. I don't know who Jasmine is. This could be Jasmine Waltz. I don't know who Jasmine... I really don't know who she is, actually. Jasmine Waltz. W-A-L-T-Z. I mean, if only... Is she some American person? Who is she? Jasmine Waltz. She was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. She's an American model, for that read. She's another bimbo with what looks like... Ta she got ta oh, she's got tattoos. <laughs> Not really a proper model, then. She's one of those sort of bimbo-type models. Does she just do the get-your-boobs-out type modelling? She looks like that, doesn't she, really? And here she is. So she's going to be an absolute credit to the house. Set the women's movement back about 300 years. Uh, other people, here we go. Bianca Gascoigne. I'm sorry. Bianca Gascoigne. Also, I'm just having a look at... I'm so thankful for my life and everyone here. I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed day. Getting her boobs out again. Good on you, girl. You're getting it out, aren't you? Because you want people to treat you proper. And uh, we like that kind of thing. The more often you get them out, the happier people will be. Uh, Bianca Gascoigne. Claim to fame. She's not related to Paul Gascoigne. OK? She's his stepdaughter. But she's hung on to the name because otherwise it'd be going, Bianca who? She runs a strip club, apparently. Not her. She just sort of manages it. Jodie Latham. Jodie Latham. No, I'm afraid these names are bypassing me, ladies and gentlemen, this morning. I feel a bit embarrassed. Jodie Latham. I'm having a quick look at... Uh, in fact, we don't even have a picture of him, actually. Jodie Latham is an English actor from Shameless. 
He's been in the fixer and he's been medical. That's all we know. He comes from Burnley in Lancashire. Uh, he attended Walton High School in Nelson, but was expelled. Lovely. Classic, isn't it? He was in EastEnders, so, uh, OK, so none the wiser. Uh, Sam Callahan. Oh, S- you remember Sam? Sam Callahan. Oh, I just remember Jodie Latham. Instantly forgettable. We remember Sam Callahan. Didn't you make the dirty video, Sam? Was that you? That was the dirty video boy because his career disappeared completely. An explicit sex video leaked online. Oh, dear. Poor old Sam. And that was the that was the end of his career. It finished. Gone. You fool. Uh, Jedward. Oh, my God. What are they doing? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. They've not been to a cemetery, have they, and started digging people up for this? Jedward? I thought their career finished donkeys years ago, ever since they were dropped, I think, by uh, by Louis Walsh. I think they were a little bit too much, too much even for him. Yeah, the yeah, the biography sort of stopped in uh, two years ago, which was, uh, which was a shame. They are mad as broomsticks, you know that. Do you remember when they first appeared on the television? I remember it vividly, because Simon Cowell was sitting, they came on, hello, 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 they came on shouting, because, you know, and then it turned out they sleep in the same bedroom, then it turned out they share the bath together, and then we all started getting slightly disturbed by it, and then they they were just the silly little show-off boys, you know, without anything. Although I quite liked some of their records, but they were, now they've sort of, they've sort of grown up and got fat. And uh, in 2016, they've got that sort of, camp adro- and androgynous kind of look. I mean, you, that is an androgynous look, isn't it, when you're sort of very pale and emaciated. And they look they look slightly strange. Merry Christmas 2016. Hi. Yeah, they're fantastic. Jedwood. Uh, will they be interesting? No. Will they take the clothes off? Undoubtedly. Uh, Nicola McLean, as I say, is just this, this page three sort of... Uh, whether she ever did page three, I've got no idea. But they always go, if you can't think of anything to, uh, to say about somebody, uh, they go... Wait, wait for this. Wait, you can just go back. Just go back. Just go back, back, back to the top. Back, back to the top. Back to the top of that page. It says here, Nicola McLean is a, an English glamour model, television and media personality. <laughs> Have you ever seen her? No talent whatsoever. No personality. No personality. A glamour model, television and media personality. And her claim to fame is nothing. Nothing. She was page three. I mean, pff, finally, you know. Speedy. That ring a bell? Speedy. S-P-E-I-D-I. Oh, in God's name. Well, I don't know these people. I should be knowing these people. Speedy. Oh, this is Heidi and Spencer, also known as Speedy. Oh, it's Heidi and Spencer again. God, they were two more boring Americans from, from the hills. She had all that fake hair shoved in her hair. Do you remember? She had all, it was all clips on. Rough. Rough. And I think they've been... I think it's Spencer Pratt and Heidi... Spidey, is it? Oh, Spidey. Spidey as in rhyming with Heidi, I suppose. Oh, talentless duo, talentless duo. Collie Nolan. Oh, my God, we've scraped some barrels. Poor soul. If she really, I mean, really, her agent should have said to her, listen, these are the people going in the house, and she should have said, I'm not going in there. She should be trying to save her marriage, but, of course, you know, probably come way down the list. Uh, James Jordan, really, you know, I mean... Career washed up ages ago, lovey, and uh, and that's and that's about it. It's a really dull lot of people. Oh, Austin! Somebody called Austin. Austin. Let's have a quick look. Austin. Austin. No, I don't. It doesn't say. Oh, Austin Armacost. Austin Armacost. Who the God's name is he? 
Celebrity Big Brother star Austin Armacost splits from husband Jake. Oh, God, he's gay. In the Big Brother house? What are the chances of that? What are the chances of him being gay and in the Big Brother house? He must be American, mustn't he? London, Chicago and Yorkshire. Oh, God, honestly. What a bunch of drearies. What a bunch of drearies. I've split from my husband. Who cares? What is his history? None. None. And then Jamie. Have we done that Jamie person? Jamie. Jamie, somebody here. What's his name? Ja- Jamie O'Hara. Who's Jamie O'Hara? Footballer who failed. God, what a bunch of old has-beens. What a shame, really. What a shame. But never mind. I'm sure Bianca Gascoigne and James Jordan all fit in well. And Austin... Oh, that's right. Austin Armacote, his, his only claim to fame is he's the ex-boyfriend of the fashion designer Mark Jacobs. That's, that's his claim to fame. Uh, they say, so he lives in the UK. Uh, it's 50-50, he goes. Well, let's hope he goes 75-30. We get rid of you pretty quickly. God, unbelievable, isn't it? And that's the drearies. I mean, there's not even a good fight in there. James Jordan will prove what a nasty piece of work is by arguing with everybody because that's his insecurity. Bianca Gascoigne won't even understand the question. Um... And I think that uh, Armacott Watts is compared to Paris Hilton. I don't think so. It's, they, they say, you sound like you'll be quite outspoken. Well, I'll pick any gay person, shove a load of drink inside them. They'll be really outspoken. He says, I know people are going to compare us because I'm a gay American, but you'll see a proper difference between Paris and I. I'm a lad's lad. I don't think you are, dear. I think it's a nice, uh, it's a nice ideal to cling to. But uh, no, just another gobby queen in the house. That's what it'll be. But that's what people want, isn't it? I mean, every year they always have to put somebody in. They all seem to sort of go right. Let's have a gay person. Let's have a transgender person. Let's have you know sort of a lesbian. Let's have this person, a black person. They 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 seem to run through the whole gamut of sort of as many different genders just to see what they can sort of get together, I suppose. I mean, to be honest with you, at the end of the day, it's a bit sad, isn't it? The only claim to fame you've got is that you had a famous boyfriend, and that's it. Which is what I said in my book, Fame by Association. No discernible talent. They just go. It's like people who go in the house, they go, I'm just going in here to show people the real me. Unfortunately, we aren't interested in the real you. We're not remotely interested. We never have been. It's just that people seem to think that we're interested in the real them. It's like James Jordan. We know the last time he was in there, he was a nasty little piece of work. He was a horrible person. But then he came out of the house and we suddenly realised he's exactly the same person. He's no different at all. But uh, best job he can get at the moment. Probably the only job. So let's vote him out very quickly, shall we? Uh, Also, the jilted lover. Ex-warehouse man. Finishes with girlfriend. Uh, He's upset. Like that. So he goes around the house. Luckily, he discovers some cement by the car. So he mixes it up and he covers the car with, with cement. Right, little moaning old Mary. And so she comes out and goes, what? Calls the police. He gets arrested because he's hiding behind a hedge. I mean, it's just, like, you know, if the police are coming, you kind of run. I would have thought you run. Is that normal? Run, run as fast as you can. But uh, no, no, he hides behind a hedge. They find it pretty quickly. Anyway, he's been found guilty and they're going to be charging him very shortly. What will happen? I don't know. Putting cement on somebody's car. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Sandra says, sad end for the gloriously pretty Debbie Reynolds. Uh, from the days when film stars were beautiful and glamorous. To know her daughter had died would have broken her heart. Yes, I think so. I, I would be of the firm opinion. A little bit later on, you'll hear a little bit of my interview with, with Debbie Reynolds. I'm hoping that we rerun it as a, as a tribute to her because it was an hour programme. Uh, somebody says, we went to George's house in Oxfordshire to pay respects. Uh, that's a true star. Uh, so-called stardom now is poor in comparison. As your book says. It is true. 
It is true. I mean, if, if you brand somebody like Sam Fahiers and Bianca Gascoigne as stars, we're in a pretty sorry state, ladies and gentlemen. It's, you know, they're not stars. Stars are people who entertain millions. These people don't entertain anybody, apart from their sad, shallow existences. I mean, it's, it's a pitiful state that the country's in. Apart from the usual sort of rubbish that's going on. I mean, now you've got... If you're going out there this morning, let me advise you, take care. The fog is thick out in the suburbs and there's going to be accidents. There was a huge one the other day. Somebody died. A lot of people treated at the scene because people bombed down the motorway. I know because I've been on the motorways and I've seen people bombing down there. And many roads will be icy. I mean, yesterday I got back home because it was cold yesterday. And I looked at the car and I thought, oh, I wonder what that... Ice. Solid ice all over the car. So uh, just take care. Make sure your windows are clean. Make sure your water bottle is topped up. And just make sure you drive safely and responsibly. Because otherwise you'll become another statistic on the roads. And bearing in mind, it's not just you out there. It's all the other lunatics. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to five. Sally says Victoria Beckham's getting an OBE. What for? Um, Well, she's getting it for services to fashion and also for charity. Uh, not for singing, not because otherwise you'd have to give one to all the Spice Girls because they all contributed to it. You can't just single one person out, especially the one person who didn't feature that much. But uh, that's what she actually got. She got it for services to British industry. I mean, I don't know what the what her fashion line, you know, is is bringing into the country. I've got no idea. I know she's got a shop here. Whether or not it does the business, I I really don't know. I know that when it first opened, people were saying, "Look at the price of things." I mean, it's 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 not for for us peasants. It's really, it's nothing for, you know, I mean, they've got things in there at ludicrous prices. It's appealing to the upmarket people. But it's still at the end of the day, Victoria Beckham, the girl from Hertfordshire, whose dad was an electrician, and took her to school in a second-hand Rolls-Royce. So that's why she was Posh Spice. That's how she became Posh Spice, because nobody else went to school in a a second-hand Rolls-Royce. And so that was that. But in fact, if you count her in on most of the stock, she doesn't feature a lot... On, I've told you before, on tell you what you want, what you really, really want. You have to go a fair way into the video to find Victoria Beckham doing anything. But she's the one who's probably become the most successful. Uh, what, what the charity stuff is, I've got no idea. They say she does this and that. I've never seen anything. And normally they, they get loads of pictures of her, you know, just walking outside. So whether or not she just le- lends her name to it, I don't know. Got no idea. Uh, the Christmas recycling shambles. Yes, I mean, I thought that you just put all the paper together and it recycles. Not if it's glitter. They don't want glitter. They just want ordinary paper. But so much paper is glitter now. Even my producer, Mark, from In Conversazione, he did glitter everywhere. And I sent him a thing saying, for God's sake, don't put glitter. I got it everywhere. I mean, it's only just, I think, finally come off. Only just finally come off. (laughs) Which is terrible. Uh, So Robert De Niro in a property spat over Holiday Island, loved by Diana. I've gone right off Robert De Niro. Right off Robert De Niro. Boo, boo hiss. Robert De Niro builds hotels with his partner and he's, uh, he's bought, as far as I know, bought, I suppose he must have done, this huge corner in Covent Garden. There's going to be total disruption there for years as they put in a hotel, which means that they knock out uh, Joe Allen's and they'll have to go somewhere else. So uh, it'll be boo from me for Robert De Niro. I mean, we don't need any more hotels in London. We really don't. But this is a holiday island. And he's managed to wangle his way around all these different... He's an American. They do things like that. And he's promised it's going to bring, you know, much-needed jobs to the, this little island and all that kind of stuff. But the locals who own the island are saying they don't want him. They don't want him. So he's sort of taking it further. It's a case of, don't, don't stop me. 
I'll do what I want to do. So in London, he's going to take over. The, the, I can't imagine what the disruption is going to be for years. It's a whole corner to put up a hotel and bars and uh, restaurants with a little tiny street outside it. Exeter Street is tiny. Just about get a car down it. And now they're going to put up a hotel and they'll probably dig down and they'll put in a car park and it'll be horrible. Another American ruining London for us. I'm sure he's absolutely delighted by it and I'm sure he's thrilled, but I'm not. And luckily I'm allowed to be not particularly thrilled. Uh, Flying to New York uh, for only 56 quid, apparently not. By the time you've added up the luggage and all the rest of it, it comes in at quite a bit more than £56. I remember years ago, was it Freddie Laker's Skytrain? Was it... £19 to New York or something. They used to put it on the side of the plane. 19 quid to New York! The Skytrain. And then he had one operating in the Bahamas and then Freddie Laker died, I think, some years ago. But it was uh, it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, also in the papers today, DJ takes swipe at George. I thought, I've got to find out who this is. Got to find out who this is. And it turns out to be uh, the former DJ known as Andy Kershaw. As mad as a toothbrush, I'm afraid. I mean, completely barking mad. And he's mocked the fans' grief for George Michael. Andy Kershaw, who raged there had been a now routine hysterical overreaction. There was no over-hysterical reaction. It was just people upset. Of course, it's easy to sort of knock Andy Kershaw and say, when you die, nobody will be particularly bothered. But uh, in the case of George Michael, he says... um, He slated him as a very successful yet frivolous, glib and fleeting pop star. He claimed George was not one of the greats compared to people like Johnny Cash and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, why? I can't quite work out why anybody would be remotely interested in anything Andy Kershaw says. You know, if people want to mourn George Michael, and judging by the amount of flowers, I mean, you can't get to the front door in the house now, but the uh, news that came out yesterday... Uh, was that Elton John said he was going to sing at his funeral. And he's uh, Elton John's getting making a habit of singing at funerals. He sung at Diana's uh, funeral, and he'll sing at George Michael's funeral. Um, so Andy Kershaw, nobody cares what you think. Nobody's remotely interested. Just go and sit in your lounge, stare at the ceiling, and count sort of, you know, water droplets on the window, or do something. But uh, don't talk about something you don't know. If people want to go and mourn George Michael because he, he left us too young. Well, that's that's up to them. That's their business, isn't it? You know, whether you agree with these sentiments is of, is of no consequence. Nobody really is, is interested. Nobody is really interested in what you think. You're just a silly old man who passed his cell by years ago. People like George Michael. Lots of people like George Michael. And they showed their affection for him. You know, because nobody deserves to die, whether they're alone or surrounded by friends, at the age of 53. Simple as that. Philip says, haven't Jedward and Colleen already been in the Big Brother house? They've all been... Where are you from? Oh, sorry, Northampton. I mean, they've all been in the Big Brother house. That's the whole idea. They've all been in before. And, of course, they haven't actually achieved anything in the outside. I mean, Jedward have just disappeared altogether, so you'll see how mad they've actually become. James Jordan will just be sort of just dreary. And the rest of them, Bianca Gascoigne, will wander around with that horsehair staple to her head. The funny thing is that if ever they've got fake hair stuck on or stuff like that, after about the first week, you suddenly realise how bad they look. And somebody else has said, out of that lot, Colleen Nolan is the superstar. Go figure. I know, we must be scraping the bell. This is Colleen, who was only telling us a short while ago. Her marriage is just about to collapse. So, as opposed to doing something about it, she's going into the Big Brother house. (laughs) Go figure that one. Obviously just done for the attention of the press. Because it's a very sad little lot. I mean, really, Sam Callahan. What do you want to be, darling? Porno star? Or would you like to be thought of as being somebody a little bit better than that? Obviously, 
Obviously neither, I should imagine, because that's all he's famous for. All he's famous for. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, multimillionaire star Chris Martin. Now, I know Chris Martin because he's the lead singer of Coldplay. Look at me knowing that. And he used to go out with a famous actress. He was married to Gwyneth Paltrow. And then they uncoupled, consciously uncoupled. But he is compa- He says, my life is just rubbish. Isn't that funny how, you know, you would th- I said this the other day. All the money in the world, George Michael, 168. If he wanted to go out and buy a mansion, you know, with acres and staff, and he could go and do it. It would make a difference. All that money and still not happy. It only goes to prove, doesn't it, that money and happiness don't necessarily go hand in hand. But uh, multimillionaire Chris Martin has compared his life to that of a bin man on 15 grand a year. 15, have you, sorry, have you seen bin men? They don't own 15 grand. What year are you from, mate? I think they're earning a bit more than £15,000 a year. And he moaned of his issues the same as those of a dustman, trying to explain his outlook. Chris says, how am I with the universe trying to accept that everyone goes through many challenges every day? They always talk garbage, don't they, these people? Oh, ties into the bin man. But it's the same stuff, isn't it? It's, it's what they call sort of celebrity claptrap. You know, in my inner being, I see myself as giving to... Oh, shut up, for goodness sake. It's just too much, isn't it? It's too much. We don't, we don't really care. Listen, just be grateful for what the good Lord has given you. If the good Lord has decreed that, you know, you've got more than 40 million quid in the bank, that's lovely. That's lovely. Go and enjoy it. Go and enjoy it. Don't, don't sort of moan about it. For goodness sake, there's too many people who, who don't have anything. Um... And you've got everything, and yet you don't appreciate it. I always appreciate everything every day. I open up the fridge and I go, do you know what I've got in there at the moment? I haven't actually had the courage to actually have any of it. I bought a Marks and Spencers. Other places sell them. Uh, luxury sherry trifle. It looks delicious, but I haven't, I haven't actually had the nerve to take a, a spoonful because I know that it's, it's sherry in the bottom with the sponge fingers with fruit and everything else and then jelly. And then it's got custard and then it's got cream on the top and I saw it, and I thought, oh, I'll buy that. And I'm looking at the fridge, I thought, I can't eat that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everything in there is still, I can't have. I can't have jelly. Jelly is all just full of sugar. Fruit has got the, the thing in. The sponge fingers are full of sugar. The custard is dreadful. And the cream on the top, I mean, it's just, it's a catalogue of disaster waiting to kill me. And to be honest with you, just to annoy the trolls, you know, I've decided to live for a lot longer. A lot longer. I've had a word with the boss and he said it's all OK and we've sorted out a contract and everything else, which is always quite nice in this business, isn't it? So I always love it. I really want to write to somebody because I told you I had a troll ages ago. I don't, I don't seem to get them anymore now. Uh, I, had, I had a troll and I wanted to write back to them going, you won't believe how much money I've got. And I thought that would just really annoy them so much. And, uh, and, and I, it just makes me laugh. In fact, actually, it makes all of us laugh here because we have great, have great fun with these poor, lonely people that you really want to you want to do something for them, but you don't really know what it is that they, they want because they obviously don't have everything. They must be so deeply miserable in their life that when they hear somebody... So they must, of course, hated George Michael because not only was he gay, but he was filthy rich, you know, and he seemed to have... He had two lovely houses. In fact, I think he had more than two lovely houses. And... Um, and it's always so so interesting, isn't it? When you sort of look at these, it's the same person. You know, it's the same person. They're, they're generally psychotic. They're generally psychotic about how many personalities they've got. Were they trying to be nasty to Darren overnight? Sadly, sadly for you, I'm afraid, he couldn't care less. He really couldn't care. Nobody cares less about you. That's the trouble, isn't it? Because, because the troll, we have to do it in, in the singular, they don't have any friends and there's a reason for it. They smell. Uh, you know, you you can smell a troll a mile up. Go away, go away. 
Nobody cares. But they, they seem to think that somebody cares about them. So they, so they try and find somebody online, but because they're psychotic, it's themselves they're writing to. They write to themselves and give themselves answers. It's, a, it's, it's very funny. We do like it. I, I always laugh at you. I laugh even more when they're hauled into court. That, uh, that always amazes me. But uh, years ago, you, you could kind of spot trolls because they had funny writing, because they were a bit... They didn't have the education. They didn't know how to write things. Or failing that, they actually typed. But it's the spelling mistakes that go. We love the spelling mistakes. We wet ourselves laughing sometimes. You get somebody writing in. Darren will get somebody. They can't spell for toffee because they're simple. Simple people. But um, as I say, my ultimate ambition, and it will happen. I'm determined to make it happen when I eventually accrue £40 million, courtesy of the National Lottery. I want to sort of go, go to one of the programmes, like Good Morning Britain or something like that, and uh, do a programme. Uh, I could probably do it, actually, with my friend Jonathan Levi. He would do this one, and we could just call it Trolls. And what you do is you find people online, and it's not too difficult to find because they seem to troll any celebrity. And then you go round with a film crew and you embarrass them and you put them on television. You put them on television. So you turn up on somebody on somebody's dirty old doorstep, you know, with the, with the paint peeling off the door. It's never posh. It'll always be somebody really sort of... Ugh. And, um, and you knock on the door... And when they are door in their dirty old dressing gown, what do you want? And you turn on all the lights from the cameras and then you put them on the programme called Trolls. You go, I'm sorry, you're not closing the door. Put my foot in the door. And, uh, and you show them all their sort of... Oh, I never said that. Yes, you did. And we're going to embarrass you. We're not going to put you on the... And that would be brilliant. That would be fantastic. I mean, you could have a field day. These people could be losing their jobs. Not that I think any of them work. They're probably all benefits to, you know, people who just sort of get up in the morning, go and get their benefit and go down, have a portion of chips... Something like that. There's a woman in the paper today. She's a fraudster. Uh, she was pretending to be young and glamorous. When you've seen the size of her, young and glamorous don't fit the description. And she cheated people out of £20,000. We've sent her to prison for two years, which is good. Alison says, with regard to De Niro, don't look to him. Blame the people who owned and sold the plots of land to him. They had the control. He shouldn't have bought it, Alison. He's an American. We don't want Americans buying up bits of London. Good God. Are you mad? It's like somebody coming out buying bits of Walthamstow. Well, I might just not. It's probably such a bad thing. But uh, no, you know, it's been there for years. That's part of our history. Part of our history. How many hotels does this man want? You know, we want to hang on to the places that we like. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about nowadays. You know, I don't want Americans coming in, buying places up, then knocking it down and, and sort of doing it. We used to have the Swiss Centre in London, just over the road from here. For years, the Swiss Centre. I remember eating there. They did fondue. Yeah, about the only place you get fondue nowadays. And uh, and then it all closed down. They knock it all down. They put up this hotel called The W. I think it's called The W. Is it The W? Something like that. The one on the other side of the square. It's still got the old clock uh, from the uh, from the centre. And I think there's an M&M's underneath it. And because uh, M&M's, it's like, like Smarties, but they're M&M's. I see, I call them Smarties. They call them M&M's. They've got a whole department store. It's like Lego. They've got a whole Nick Abbott. Was he moaning about the M&M's? I don't moan about it because I don't eat M&M's. Well, sure, I must have done at some point in my life. I just can't believe there's a whole shop devoted to it. A whole shop devoted. It is called the W. It's, uh, oh, I'll tell you stories about that. Anyway, uh, we'll take a, a short break because I'm in that kind of mood this morning. Because you're still not back at work, are you? Many of you. I know loads of people are back at work, but there's loads and loads of you who don't go back till the 13th, I heard. The th- what on earth you're doing with yourselves? I've got no idea. But um, third is traditionally when people go back. So you've had two weeks off. Oh, you're going to be so cross, so miserable when you have to go back to work, whereas we're all singing and dancing and getting excited about it. Even though this morning it's freezing cold in London, probably where you are, it's even colder, especially out of town. Uh, there's ice on the roads and, uh, and there's fog. 
So take care. There'll always be somebody who jumps traffic lights and then you'll have huge accidents and uh, you become a statistic. And I would hate to think that could be you this morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes... No, it's not. It's 11 minutes to five. Sorry, I moved the clock on a little bit for you. I don't want to ruin it. Paul says, uh, Victoria Beckham cleared out her wardrobe and gave a load of her old clothes to a charity shop. On that basis, the shop did booming business. Nobody can wear them. Who do you know who's her size? Who do you know who's her size? Nobody. She's pencil thin. She's like a thermometer. If she drinks a Coca-Cola, she looks like a thermometer. Seriously. It's, it's just this thin. Itsy bit... You get doll's clothes. She cleared out the wardrobe and they went, oh, that's lovely. I'm sorry, what what size waist? Seriously, she must be... I remember years ago, Diana Ross, I think, had a 12-inch waist. Or was it 18 inches? It was certainly between 12 and 18. 18-inch? I couldn't believe it. Get your, I mean, when I was younger, you could get your hands round your waist and they could touch. Now, no chance. No chance, even with elastic and people pulling on horses. You could never manage it. But that was it. It was, you know, it was very nice that she gave the clothes away. But it was an act of publicity if you remember, because there was loads of pictures of it. Loads of pictures, people talking about it. And, of course, I think she's actually the one who's let the cat out of the bag on this OBE. Because she can't, she doesn't have the class to keep things quiet. She just has to, to tell people, because they're in the business of, of show. Although I don't notice any members of the royal family wearing any of her clothes. That was always the indicator, wasn't it, really? But, uh, yeah, she gave them away, but nobody could ever wear them. They put them up, there were some pictures in the papers going, I'm sorry, who, who wears this stuff? Nobody, apart from her. Nobody is her size, she's tiny. Absolutely tiny. Ridiculous. You know, I could give some of mine away. Uh, Ian says, I know somebody who drives a bin lorry. He earns 26000 a year. I would think that would be more like it. Twenty six grand a year for driving a bin lorry. And I would think probably, probably, I could be guessing. And uh, I would think there'd be overtime as well. Overtime. I mean, you know, I love our, our bin mets. Some of them are terrible. Some of them are terrible. If there's broken glass all over the place, they're supposed to sweep it up. But they don't. Uh, the recyclers around the Twickenham area are not that brilliant. I think they're, they're being checked on to, you know, to find out why they're not clearing all this stuff away. It's got to be cleared away. It's got to be recycled. It's amazing how much rubbish there is, though. Even looking at how much we generate at home, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. The amount of, of rubbish that even one house, especially over Christmas, it must quadruple for the bin men. But it's, it's mainly paper and cardboard and stuff like that. But the food we throw away, oh, blimey. Food with I had again last night. I don't know why I must, I must change it today because they've started discounting all the Christmas food, and I, I like a bargain. Not all the time. I'm normally the first person who avoids, you know, discounted food. But they had some mashed potato which was discounted, and it was down to about one pound twenty or something like that. So I bought some of that and had it with some pigs in blankets, some turkey gravy, and some Brussels sprouts again. But uh, the Brussels sprouts again, it was about thirty Brussels sprouts delicious i think i left them in there a bit too long they went to they went to a fraction soggy and soggy brussels sprouts not the uh, not the best thing i've ever eaten but uh, but nice nevertheless so today i'm looking for something completely different completely different uh what else we got oh the uh, the people getting angry at the sales and saying they're a bit fed up because most of the stuff was sold out you get in there you see an advert and you get have you not got it anymore no it's sold out very very quickly and you go, oh, God, I've trekked all the way here. Sorry about that. There were people who were here last night. Um, so, uh, oh, yes, the, the classic toys. The toys which endure. You know, when you were little and you, you had, I mean, it did seem it, and God knows I must be sounding really ancient by now, when you talk about the toys that you remember from your childhood, which was like, you know, an Etch-A-Sketch was something to have and to and to absolutely embrace. And, my God, if you've got an Etch-A-Sketch or a Spirograph, oh, Blimey. 
you were doing really well because that meant that you could sit there and do patterns. I love the Etch-A-Sketch. I thought it was so clever, so, so clever. Spirograph was not so much in, in favour. But, you know, going back before that, you had those books, the linen books, which you could drop in the bath and they were still OK. Fuzzy Felt Farm, Post Office, Fuzzy Felt Circus. I used to love all of those. Simple toys, simple things, which didn't, they can't, have, you know, probably cost a bit in, in their day. But nowadays they're, they're considered sort of fairly inexpensive presents. And they've got a whole list in one of the papers today uh, of... Of all these toys. You'll remember all of them. You'll remember all of them. Front page of the Daily Star, they've got TV babe Kim Kardashian is horrified after the ex-boyfriend who featured in her sex tape signed up for Big Brother. Uh, the show will see the Randy rapper lifting the lid on her most intimate secrets. I won't. He's been on it before. He didn't do anything last time. He won't be doing it. She'll sue. She'll absolutely sue and Big Brother know that. They, they, they just put this down there to try and get you watching a boring show with some bloke who had sex with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> who cares? I mean, seriously, in the scheme of things, in the great big scheme of things, you know, somebody who had sex with Kim Kardashian. My God, I tell you, you'd keep that fairly quiet, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be telling people. Uh, also, um, the, uh, the person, the fog of death the other day, I'm only warning you again, somebody caught it on dash cam the other day of uh, cars who were speeding. There was a 20-car pile-up, and whilst it's absolutely horrendous, it's the speed of people on the motorway. Seriously, I mean, it's just, we need more plainclothes. Police officers down there. I mean, I, I pootle down the motorway at somewhere between 65 and 70, because my car, and I've got to get it disconnected because it drives me around. If I only go a fraction over 70, it starts going ping, 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 ping. It's so annoying. So annoying. And I've got it taken off the last time I took the car into the garage. Uh, but here they are. These are these cars. Twenty uh, One woman is dead. Fifteen people were injured. Uh, this is on the A40 near Whitney in Oxfordshire. You're going too fast. You're going too fast. Slow down. I don't know what we can do. If we were way in the future, we could have sort of guns where you could sort of aim it and the car would vanish in a puff of smoke and go somewhere else. There's also a fisherman. He was on a, a Belgian registered boat. It capsized. 55-foot boat, uh, a three-man crew, and uh, it overturned before they could send out the Mayday message. A passing tanker spotted the survivor. He was clinging to the hull. This thing was upside down. Well, it was on its side in the water. He was clinging to it. I mean, the conditions would have been terrible, near freezing. If you'd fallen in the water, you'd be dead within seconds. And that's why it's, it's so dreadful. Uh, Posh drops the clangor on the gong. Victoria Beckham has dropped a major clangor. Uh, she told her family at Christmas she's going to be named in the Queen's New Year's Honours list. I mean, they're supposed to stick to an embargo. To be honest with you, I mean, in theory, they, they, they should actually say, well, I'm sorry, you know, you've, 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 you've ruined it. You've ruined it because you're not supposed to say anything about it. She's said to be delighted and humbled. Well, certainly, certainly delighted because she went when, when Dave got his way back in 2003. When he looked normal, now he just looks peculiar. And, of course, all the papers have started printing pictures of him helping her out of bars when she's three sheets to the wind. Do you remember that famous one? My friend Pordy uh, sent me in the picture where it looked like she'd maybe had a slight, a slight problem in the wee department. Do you remember? She staggered outside of a place and people were going, she spilled a drink down herself or something. That's what people thought. Dave, of course, looking suitably butch, you know, I'll take... Because he never seems to get drunk. Because I don't think he drinks... I think he has a fruit smoothie or, I mean, he's an ex-footballer. He would be sort of into keeping fit. Why would he want to drink alcohol? I don't think he does. Imagine taking Dave out and getting in completely three sheets to the wind. 
You know, I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? But you're never going to see that picture because he's always got to pick her up off the floor. Come on, Vic, we're going home. We're keeper, well, I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. Come on, we're going home. Uh, Mama, we love you. Victoria, come on, come on. I tell you what, you zigazig I tell you, if you want to be my lover, if you want to be my friend, friendship never ends. You can imagine, can't you? She must be the world's worst drunk. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly. But listen, she's going to get an award. Who cares? But she shouldn't have said anything. It's supposed to be secret, but you get the impression that there's so little going on in her life. She's got to tell people. You know, it's like if you win the lottery. I've said before, if you win, win the lottery... How quiet could you keep it? How quiet could you keep it? Just supposing you won. Come on, here you go. You can play this game with me today. If you, if you won, say, £40 million on the lottery, how long could you keep that a secret? Imagine that you've got a, a wife uh, or a husband or somebody you've been with for a while, but you've, you've really fallen out of love and you, you don't want to share the money with them. Because it does come down to who bought the ticket, doesn't it? doesn't matter if it's husband and wife. It's who bought the ticket is the one who actually gets the name on the, the cheque because they give you the, uh, the big cheque. And, uh, and you do it. So if, if you won 40 million, how, how quiet could you keep it? Could you keep it quiet? I mean, I thought the other day, I thought if I won 40 million, I have these, these fantasies after two glasses of Prosecco. Uh, and you think, how long could I keep that quiet? And I thought, well, I, I, could, um, I could bank with sort of coots. So I could keep my other bank accounts. Uh, running, but I could have the Coots account, which could have the 40 million in it. And I could go and buy a house and change the car. And nobody would know, would they? Nobody. I mean, if I actually changed the car, that wouldn't make nobody would go, oh, obviously, Steve's won the lottery. Or if I bought a house, nobody would think Steve's won the lottery. But I wonder how long you could keep it quiet before you had to say to somebody. Because I know what would happen if I told people after a few months, they'd go, what, you know, I was on hard times and you didn't you didn't help me out. Because that's it, isn't it? How much money do you give to people? And the answer is nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. It just, it, you know, because they go, oh, so you've just won 40 million and you're giving me a thousand pounds. And you sort of go, all right, I'll take it back again. They go, no, I'll take it now. I'll take it now. That's all you can afford. And you think it's very difficult, isn't it? And then somebody would be going, but wait a minute. I thought I was your friend and uh, you didn't give me any money. So I don't know. I think actually, I th- yes, you would think the producer says he, he thinks he'd notice if I came in or he came in and the studio had been gold plated. That would be quite it. Or I changed the microphone for a gold plated microphone. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Anyway, nice to have your, uh, your company this morning. You're waking up to the, uh, the freezing fog. Travel misery today. If you don't need to go out, if you're out in the countryside, it must be even worse. Don't go out. Elton John to sing at uh, George Michael's funeral, although the the producer had a typing error and wrote Elton John to sign at his funeral. I'm assuming it's sort of for for sort of the deaf and things like that. He could do that. He could do it. Uh, Our tribute to Debbie Reynolds. Yes, she did come into LBC. And yes, I did talk to her for an hour. The schools who banned the toilet roll tubes in craft lessons, the twitchers who were out... And 100 people arrested in a clampdown on the nail bars, plus the ex-DJ slamming the hysteria over the death of lovely George Michael. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. OBE stands for Outrageous Betrayal of Etiquette, as Vic Beckham gets one. Apparently she's got a new pal as well. This is quite interesting. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Two vaping shops open every day despite fears of addiction danger and the fact that they can blow up. We've had more cases of that. The Twitchers are out. That's people who go bird-watching. No, not from Essex. No, th- these are people who go to all sorts of places, the Highlands, just to see, uh, you know, uh, in this case, the Blue Rock Thrush. 
which is a, how they hear about it. I've got no idea. One bird looks exactly the same as another one to me. Uh, the shocking cost of electric cars. Harry might be seeing his girlfriend again, like we care. And the freezing fog bringing uh, travel misery. Take care out there. It is dangerous. I do love it. After uh, an incidentally, good morning. Hello. Are you well? No, don't, don't all shout at the same time. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not really interested in your health. Uh, it's only because pe- people say that, don't they? They say, how are you this morning? It's like when you see television presenters, they go, nice to see you. And I'm thinking, what do you mean nice to see Are they in the room or something? They can't say. I used to think at one time, maybe maybe people could um, could sort of see down the television camera. And then I thought, that would be ridiculous. You know, you're, you're sort of sitting there in your pants with your dinner on your lap. And you think, uh, I think so. Eamon Holmes used to say it all the time, nice to see you, he'd say. And I think, you can't see me. You can't see me at all. Peter says, if you did win the lottery, you could move to Milton Keynes. Oh, no, Bill says that. Don't be so ridiculous. If I won the lottery, I'd, I'd buy Milton Keynes and pull it down and put in a meadow or something, something equally, or just a giant cemetery. That'd be quite nice. Uh, Pat says, I'd like to keep a big lottery win quiet, but I think inevitably people would even suspect, even with small changes in life. But it wouldn't make any difference to me, you see. If I actually changed the car, people wouldn't go, oh, he's won the lottery. They'd just go, he's changed the car. Because it's, you know... Uh, Peter reckons my, my producer would notice because you wouldn't turn up for work. Well, not necessarily. See, I've thought about that one as well. This is another wrestling of the contract. I mean, if, if you won, say, a million or two, because I, I, at one time I thought, no, I'd quite like to win 30 million. That would be very exciting. People have won 60 million before. And I thought 30 million. And then I thought, uh, how much could I live on? How much money would you need in the bank account to live, you know, to a standard for the rest of your life, depending on how long you think you're going to live? You know, and because we don't know that, you just have to accept the fact that, you know, let, let's say, let's say I've got 10 years left. Let's jump hypothetically 10. I know it doesn't seem very long. Actually, it really doesn't seem very long at all. But when you think how old I am now and I am as old as the hills and then you think health wise. So perhaps, you know, maybe five, five years. I don't know. Anyway, what, two. I don't know. It doesn't make a difference. But then you think, how much money could you live on per year? And so I then set my sights. A friend of mine said to me, I said, I said, three million would be nice. He said, three million pounds. I said, yes, I thought three million. I said, you know, to live in in sort of relative luxury for the rest of your days, take holidays, do all the usual sort of things. He said, three million. I went, yeah. He said, you won't need three million. I thought, well, how do you know? He said, well, you just wouldn't. So I've now scaled it down to a million. But even then, I'm not too sure how long a million would last. You know, if I wanted to change the car and do everything. And then I thought, I could probably go quite well on a million. But I know you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it depends how old you are. If you're, if you're 20 and you win a million, well, you're not going to survive on that for the rest of your life, are you, really? By the time you bought your house, you spent most of it. You know, even if you spend 600000 on a house, you've only got 400000 left. That's why it makes me laugh. People go, that's it, not going to work. Go around and tell the boss what to do with the job. And uh, and I think, no, I have a contract. But if I mean, if I became really ill, then I'd have to re- rethink it. But I thought if you won 40 million, can you imagine? I've seen some. Oh, God, I saw a beautiful house the other day. Uh, it was it was 35 million. It's out in in Surrey. It's in uh, it's in a lovely place. I won't tell you where it is, but you could see it online. Go to Knight Frank. Uh, type in uh, it's nightfrank.co.uk. And when once the site comes up, you type in Surrey. And it'll put down Surrey, uh, I think it's about the second one down, southeast of England, whatever it is. And you click on that and it'll put the most expensive house up first. Uh, so, so type in Surrey and then put on, on the queue. And so we're, actually, we're playing this in the studio now. And here it is. Is that the one there? 35 million. 
Click on it. OK, now op- open it up. Open up the picture bigger. You playing this at home? I do hope so. It's great fun. OK, you, you can't. Then you get somebody saying somebody wants to chat. We, we, we don't want to talk to him. Look at this house here. This is 35 million. It's in uh, Wentworth. I mean, even the doors look pretty impressive. It's like you carry, carry on. Get just slipping through. The, look at that. Look at that for a sitting room. You've got your own bar or that could be the kitchen. That's, that's my office. 35 million this place. I mean, it's, it's all, they're all decorated beautifully by interior designers. It, it looks like Trump Tower, doesn't it? And this one's, it's only got six bedrooms. Look at the dressing room. Look at the dressing room. Look at the bathroom. The bathrooms are just it. Look at the pool. I mean, you can imagine. You spent 30, look at this, this place. Even the, look at the cinema. You've got your own cinema. It's beautiful. It's, it's another world. And your garage can keep, well, in this case, I think about 15 cars. They all seem to be very flat. That looks like my car in the corner. Slightly different colour. It's more, more sort of goldy. I'm sort of more, more grey colour. But you look at that house and you think, and that's what you could have if you won £40 million. But then you'd only have £5 million left over. I mean, it's got everything. Seven bathrooms. No one's got extra bathrooms. Have you noticed? So they'll have six bathrooms, all en suite, and then an extra bathroom. Is that for somebody who's sleeping rough or something? So you can invite them round. And, uh, and it's lovely. I mean, it really is nice. I mean, you can get cheaper... So if I was winning the lottery, you could go cheaper. It's also got, uh, it's a new build, secondary accommodation, that'd be for your staff, and the swimming pool. Now now type in central London on the thing. Uh, now you see, you could just, yeah, that's right. Or, or just, uh, yeah, central London, I think. And then click on the, uh, the question mark. You could play this one at home. And here is a lovely property in Eaton Square, which is coming up first of all. Uh, sorry, second on this one. Eaton Square in Belgravia. 55 million will get you this house. I mean, play this at home. If you're driving in the car, please do not play this at home. So this is 55 million. It, it's, it's got class, hasn't it? It's got, if you took somebody back there who you'd met in a bar and you took them back to this place, they'd be going, whoa, what do you do for a living? Look, he's even got his own pool in the basement of the house. I think you're next door to an embassy. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's quite beautiful, isn't it? So it blooming well should be for 55 million. But uh, I love it. It's like going out to Sandy Lane in Barbados. I could buy a nice little place there for 9 million. Relatively inexpensive. And there's Bill going, you could move to Milton Keynes. Come bombs rain on Milton Keynes, they used to say. But I have great fun with that website. Just, and you can type around the world. You can literally type in anywhere around the world. You want to go to Hong Kong or you want to go to New York or to Florida and it'll put up their most expensive properties and then you gradually work your way down down the cheap list, you know, until you come to our level, our level. But it's great fun to play when you actually sort of, if, if you've got a computer, try it with all of the estate agents, especially, you know, Hamptons and Savills and places like that who sort of deal with high-end property. Because I'm quite sure there's, we've got some lovely estate agents in Twickenham, but they're not high-end like Knight Frank. They're, they're dealing with sort of the other end of the scale. You know, I mean, who else do you know has got 55 million quid apart from Russian oligarchs? I mean, it's, it'd be so exciting, wouldn't it? I often wondered if I sort of checked on my thing and it came up as, you know, 42 million, whether or not I'd completely lose all sense of reality and scream, or whether or not I'd just carry on quite normally. I think I could actually... I think I could carry on quite normally. Quite, I think so. But you do go down a bit, don't you, until you get to a house that's three million pounds near me. It's quite nice. The road is quite quiet. But um, I don't think there's really enough. Po- oh, that's quite nice inside. You see, very plain inside, but loads of shelves for all my DVDs. A black and white kitchen, I'm afraid, is a no-no for me. Uh, the hall, it's all carpeted. Should be uh, not carpeted. Oh, ghastly carpet in the in the dining room. Uh, sorry, busy, busy, busy. In fact, too much carpet. They should have had just floors. Garden, not particularly big. It's three million quid. And that's around my way. 
You know, it's, it's, in, a, it's in a sort of, they always say, sought after road. Very exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. Anyway, here is, I must tell you this, because I've only just read this myself. Victoria Beckham dropping the, dropping the clangor about the fact she's going to be given the OBE. And then reports, uh, sorry, meanwhile, Victoria has reportedly been asked by pal Cheryl Fernandez Vassini. By pal? Why would she be friends with her? She's not pals with her at all. Victoria Beckham, she doesn't have friends like that. She's got Eva Longoria and, and that's probably about it, I think. I don't think she's got any other friends. But uh, she's certainly not pals with Cheryl. Cheryl's chav. You don't become friends with her. That would hold your career back. She's, asked, uh, she's been asked by Cheryl for advice on how to cope with a career and looking after a newborn. What? I mean, this has got to be rubbish, hasn't it? An insider says Cheryl asked Victoria for her advice on coping with juggling motherhood and a career. What career? What career? I thought that career had finished now. I know there was an album that might have been coming out, but I mean, I don't think they're going to bother with it. She's, she's a mother. She's got money. She managed to get herself pregnant, so they obviously were not having protective sex, which is slightly disturbing. You know, especially as he's only young and he's going to be paying for the next... So it makes no difference if they split up. He'll have to pay for the child till it's 18. But uh, there again, you can't tell those One Direction boys, can you? Uh, Ron says, if you won 40 million, your voice would give the game away. Uh, no, there wouldn't. There wouldn't, I promise you. So you don't know if I've won it already, do you? That's the interesting thing. And am I going to admit you before the end of the programme how much I won? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but you, no, you definitely wouldn't know because I, I, I don't do that kind of thing. I get excited anyway, but I wouldn't be any more excited with 40 million. Somebody says, think of the bedroom tax. Well, I don't want to think of the bedroom tax. I don't need to think of any tax if you could afford that house. I wouldn't be worrying about money, put it that way. Uh, Steve, recycling. We never Ealing and before Christmas, 12 calls placed about miscollection. Said they came and emptied the wrong bin. The powers that be ended up on the case as we made another three calls. We've had exactly the same round our way. I think Lynn had to phone four times to get the recycling people. And she said, but they should have been. She went, no, they haven't. Said, you know, I could send you a photograph now. So they said, all right, we're going to have to investigate that because they're supposed to be emptying on a regular basis. But of course they don't. It's like the people who deliver parcels. Some of the time they don't deliver parcels. They're supposed to take a picture of the front door to prove they've been there and nobody's done it. The only picture Lynn got back of something was a picture of the floor. What possible use was that? I've got a parcel arriving, actually, and it's coming through the Royal Mail. hope it arrives today. Because my, my postman's really good. In fact, actually, the postman and two parcel people are really good. They're all, they're all excellent. I've got no complaints about, about delivering of parcels or letters or anything, anything like that. I think they're absolutely brilliant. And I wouldn't want to... I mean, one, our postman who delivers for me, Shorts... Come rain or shine. He's a bit like Kevin doing the mill. Shorts. I kid you not. Every single day short. I think I keep thinking you're going to catch pneumonia. Catch pneumonia. But uh, but he hasn't so far. Uh, we'll wander into the uh, into the other papers as we go through the programme. For this morning, we take all your texts and emails. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And I cannot impress enough on you that because of these accidents that have been out there on the road and you look at this 20 car pile up and literally it's people going too fast. You're too close to the to the car in front. I get I get really annoyed if I get a car that is too close to my tail. I lightly touch the brake, and because I've got like most cars now, I've got the middle brake light and then either side of it, and they're super duper bright. That frightens them enough, and I let them know you come too close to me, I'm going to brake, and if you go into the back of me, you'll be paying on your insurance. Mind you, assuming in fact they've got insurance, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19... No, it's not. It's 18 minutes past five. 18 minutes past five. And um, 
A lot of people listening to my interview with Debbie Reynolds from 2010. And uh, we're going to play you some little clips of that a bit later on, because if you've just woken up, uh, she did die. I think of a broken heart. I think of a broken heart. It's, uh, you know, her daughter died. She talks in the interview, which we did six years ago, about the family and if the, if the kids are happy, she's happy and everything else. She's still a Hollywood legend. Still a Hollywood legend. Uh, and says, yeah, going on Big Brother to show the real me, which is what people say. say I, want to, I want people to see the real me, like we care. And uh, Ant says, yeah, I'm sure the 20 grand and no job has something to do with it. Absolutely. Who can- I mean, in fact, sometimes we've seen the real them and they're vile. They're even worse once you've actually seen them. Uh, listening in Thailand, says Paul, 12.14, temperature 31 degrees, having a great time. Hashtag we listen every day. And uh, which is nice. Simon Conway says, uh, Debbie Reynolds, she could barely get through a sentence without breaking into song. <laughs> so show- she's, I mean, she's proper showbiz, proper showbiz person. I think Simon Conway could be proper showbiz person. I think he could be a showbiz person. I think underneath it, I think he's a West End Wendy. I think he's one of those people. Uh, Jason, my ill sovereign driver, says, I think I've got a chest infection coming on and a nasty cough. Oh, the cough you don't want. Oh, the cough you don't want. Still got to work, though. Best thing about Milton Keynes is me. You could be right. It's certainly not Bill. Bill's still in this home. We're having it. We've had him committed and he's there. And um, Andy says, this year's Christmas cards, a pair of pinking scissors makes next year's gift tags. See, I think that's quite if you can do something like that. That's great. It's not for me, though. It's really not for me. If I had a huge big kitchen table, a really big kitchen table, then I would probably do things like making decorations and stuff like that. But, um, but apart from that, I wouldn't bother. And I don't want glitter ever again. <laughs> Mick says, if you get a tailgater, good tip is to wash your windscreen. Works every time. I just, I just think it's dangerous on the motor. I told you I was driving down to my brother's and I'm, I'm doing 70 and I'm in what they call the overtaking lane. And this car comes up behind me and starts flashing me. You know, to sort of move out of the way. I think, like, where do you expect the car to go? That's I'll just sort of take off vertically, like the Jetsons. But uh, it was not going to happen. So I deliberately made him wait. Deliberately made him wait. Stupid man, honestly. These people are just so ridiculous. They're too dangerous. They're way, way too dangerous. Uh, also, the um, the tragic George's lost love song. His boyfriend's gift to the fans. And this picture of George in in happier days uh, must have been a must have been a few few years ago. I would think now, Rod Little, what's he talking about? Talking about time to build a bunker. Uh, Kissmas is a duty for kids. Do people do I tell you, I was looking at the other day in Iceland. They've got all these different desserts out there, some lovely desserts, most of which I can't have. I mean, I really should have bought some fruit, shouldn't I? Having bought this stupid sherry trifle thing, I'm now feeling, I'm feeling so awful about it because I'm looking at it in the fridge and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up, it's going to go past its sell-by date or eat-by date and I'm going to throw the thing away. And it cost about six quid. I know, it seems enormous. It's a big, it's a big, it's, they said, feeds a family of six. <sighs> Got to find a family, first of all. Uh, the date site, a woman. And here she is, she's a fat fraudster. That's what the papers call her. And she is fat. And she is a fraudster. Her name is Kerry-Ann. It's the Chav spelling. K-E-R-R-Y-A-N-N. Kerry-Ann Williams. And what she did, she conned people out of more than £20,000. She's a crook. Mind you, the good news is, because we've sent her to prison, she better lose some weight. She posted fake profiles with snaps of other women on dating sites. Um, she gave them sob stories about being a domestic abuse victim, made up excuses about meeting. Instead, she persuaded her victims to send her money and mobile phones, which she used to run up huge bills. One person suffered a, a nervous breakdown. Oh, sorry. One person suffered a nervous breakdown. And, um, and Williams, Kerry-Ann, who comes from Thatcham in Berkshire... 
you fat old fraudster. She used four fake names to dupe this one man out of six grand. She told one 68-year-old that she'd be his carer, but each time he handed over money, she stopped messaging him and set up a new profile. Uh, luckily, off to prison for uh, for two years, which is good. One man said, I doubt there's any chance of getting the money back. Well, she's eaten most of it by the look of it. But uh, there's a picture of her coming out of prison. Oh, I tell you, I'll be, I'll be booing, booing. Uh, fruit shops open today. I think everything's back to normal now. Paul Paul Cooper says it's it's open today, so everybody's uh, everybody's back. I hope everybody's back to normal, which I like the uh, I, I like the feeling of actually. But I know many of you are still not uh, not back until the third. Seems ages, doesn't it? That must be next week. That must be Tuesday. Tuesday. God, it's the truth. What have you done with yourself? Most of the LBC presenters about who's away then? Who's away? Nick, Nick, James, Ian, she- Ian, Sheila, Clive, Ian Collins. Really? Good heavens above. It's just me, me and Darren hanging on to it all. Oh, that's quite sweet, actually, isn't it, really? <laughs> I didn't know though they were all off. I just, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Sheila Fogarty off as well. She's off. Ian Dale's off. Although, actually, he has been listening to LBC for most of the time, so that's always, uh, always a good news. Uh, John in Stratford says, give a thought to the road sweepers sliding around on the ice this morning. All listening to LBC? I think so, too. But uh, it is dangerous. I tell you, I worry about falling over on the ice. I worry about falling over full stop. But yesterday, was it yesterday, I went down to go and get the, uh, the bus. And, and just as I got to the end, the bus went past. Usual sort of thing. And I thought I'd got out in plenty of time. And so I walked down to the, the next bus stop. And so I walked down next to Pret-a-Manger. They'd cordoned off the road with the two police fans. And that's where you go up to Charing Cross Police Station, which used to be a hospital. Now it's a police station. And, and I was sort of looking and they've got two vans blocking the road and they've got ticker tape over it. Now, ticker tape only ever says one thing to me. The only thing it ever says to me is there's been an attack. It only ever says an attack or an incident or something like that. So I, I go round the corner and believe you me, there is is more. There's a, a tent which has been erected very near a place where a lot of people sleep uh, rough. And it turns out when I came in, I said to the producer, I said, oh, I said, uh, they, he said, yeah, there was a murder. He was a man who was stabbed near Trafalgar Square. Uh, police sealed off this area. Uh, he was knifed in Adelaide Street shortly after 7 a.m. So literally it must have just when I left here on just after I left on Tuesday, this must have just happened. Paramedics fought desperately to keep him alive. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, the Scotland Yard have said they believe they know the man's identity, but are waiting formal identification. I saw exactly that tent yesterday. That was uh, still out there. And um, man's next of kin have been informed, and a post-mortem examination will be taking place in due course. Uh, uh, a Met spokesman says on Tuesday, the 27th, between 7.05 and 7.15, a man was stabbed at some point. See, I, I would have been down there at exactly that time, I think. I didn't bring the car in on the 27th, did I? I took the bus back and now trying to think what my movements were. So I must have been around there. I'm, I went to... I think I waited. Yes, I think I waited at the Garrick. And I wouldn't have seen it. But also, if it was 7.05 to 7.15, I would have been down there by 7.15. I would have heard something if there had been something. But I don't remember hearing anything. Isn't it funny how we, you know, we're on top of it? But I saw the tent there yesterday. So that tent's been there for a few days. God in heaven. There's a, so it's all open now. But, uh, but at the time, they're obviously looking either for the weapon or the fact that uh, this must have either been... I can't imagine who would be fighting, apart from the people who sleep rough around there. And sometimes you do get arguments, you get people shouting, because they're drunk. 
even at seven o'clock in the morning, surprisingly, we've seen people drinking. And in fact, we get people regularly talking to us at the bus stop about various things. And you know that they're actually drunk. So uh, if you've got any information on that, you can call the incident room on 020-8358-0400. Police fire 101 or Crime Stoppers on 0800-555-111. 0800-555-111. Because you might have been down there because there's quite a few of us out at that time of the morning. So that's what it was. It was uh, now a murder investigation, I should imagine. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. People aren't eating breakfast cereal anymore. Well, well, the producer is. He eats breakfast cereal every day. I love breakfast cereal. I haven't had it for a long time. Occasionally, I get... What's that? What is it today? Looks a bit... Rice Krispies multigrain shave. Ooh. ooh. Of course, it's not healthy. It's still rubbish for him. But uh, I used to like shreddies. Shreddies were good. And uh, shredded wheat and cornflakes and uh, Rice Krispies. But I can't remember which one is the worst for me. Probably out of that lot, probably Rice Krispies, I should imagine. But I used to like Frosties. I haven't had Frosties for years. Wouldn't have. Uh, but I can eat breakfast cereal without sugar. Do you eat it without sugar on or do you just... Yeah, you, you put sugar... You never put sugar on. It's amazing, actually, you don't really need sugar on cereal. I know people say, yes, you do. You go, no, I promise you, you don't. But apparently, £78 million has been wiped off the sales of breakfast cereals as people eat on the go. So people are now eating muesli and bran and stuff like that. But they're also eating on the go. So they're making a lot of cereals in little containers whereby I think they did Weetabix in a container. You pour milk in or something, shake it up, and then you drink it as you're going. Because, I mean, invariably, I'm sitting on the train and there's people eating on the train. Some people wrap sandwiches up. They actually make sandwiches the night before and, uh, and they eat sandwiches on the train. And they've all got the obligatory cup of coffee. Years ago, nobody took a cup of coffee on the train. Now people take cups of coffee on the train and then people get a banana out or a piece of fruit. Why is it, though, that I'll be sitting in a completely empty carriage? There'll just be me on the carriage. Somebody comes on. What do they do? Sit opposite me. And you think, why don't you go sit somewhere else? Why are you invading my space? Uh, Steve, I've just seen a picture of the dating fraudster. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mary obviously agreeing with me. Mary Ann, Kerry Ann Williams. And they say, I thought black was meant to make you look slim. Not in her case. Not in her case. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't work like that. She's still a fraudster. And she's going to prison, so I'm sure that'll be a delight for her family. It'll stop her eating everything in the house, I should imagine. But uh, I make a fantastic... Sherry Trifle says, Ari, all you need are five ingredients. No cooking involved. You can put some in containers and freeze it. Tastes just as good when you... D- really? What? A Sherry Trifle? You can freeze a Sherry Trifle? I thought you couldn't freeze a Sherry Trifle. Depends how you're making it, actually. Depends how you're making it. I don't, I don't really know, actually. I, mean, I, I, I used to make one years ago. I used to buy those instant trifles where you, you've got the ingredients in a packet... And, and it was supposed to make up... And the, and the bowl on the front looked enormous. When you actually made it, it filled a soup bowl. That was it. It was ridiculous. So you've got a couple of little fingers and then some jello kind of stuff and he put added some fruit. And then at the end, you sort of mix this cream, fake cream up. It came in all instant packages, a bit like a Vesta curry. And, and then you put it and then you put hundreds and thousands on the top. But of course, the hundreds and thousands just fell into the cream. It was it was ghastly. And it was never as big. If you look at a picture on the front cover of these instant trifles, which you could probably still buy, I should imagine, um, you'd be surprised. You would think it was a big bowl. Little tiny bowl, that thing must have been. A real, real old con. Real old con. Uh, Star delighted and humbled. This is the sun's morning. OBE, that's posh. Victoria gets New Year honour for this, but not for singing. So she gets fashion and charity. Um, Whose is the biggest selling calendar? Cliff Richard. 
Cliff Richard, biggest selling calendar, uh, year in, year out. And here's somebody with their clothes off again. Oh, it's Justin Bieber. But uh, I'm sorry to tell you, Justin, we've, we've seen everything already, OK? I did send the sympathy card. And that's as far as it goes. And we'll be sending one to Sam Callahan as well, as he appears in uh, Big Brother. Uh, if I was driving along the road and got hailed by Callum Best or James Jordan, I'd keep driving, says Ray the Caviar. I'd stop for riffraff. <laughs> well, Callum Best you'd only recognise by that funny thing they call hair on top of his head. He's sort of got the uh, the Matt Goss syndrome. And, uh, and James Jordan, you wouldn't recognise him at all. He's instantly forgettable. To everybody. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I love a Christmas card I got, which says on the uh, the front cover by hand, Steve Allen, no no glitter. Because you know you can't recycle these things. You cannot recycle glitter. I thought you maybe were able to, but uh, but you can't. And uh, oh, this is uh, Tony Poledri. Oh, how lovely! He says we haven't seen each other for a while, but let's meet at Little Italy early next year. Lovely. Lovely. Absolutely. Go for that one in a big way, Tony. Nice to have your company this morning. I hope uh, all is all is well. Uh, this is a nice one. That's quite nice, isn't it, there? Uh, move. Oh, it's my fish. I knew I'd lost my fish somewhere. I knew I'd lost my fish. I couldn't remember where it was. Uh, Paul, Paul Savory sent me a nice... I must lo- not lose that uh, fish. And I got a really nice card. Very nicely made. Very nice. It's good, isn't it? It's like a 3D card. And it's got LBC on the front of it and my name and everything else. And this is from uh, Andy and Dolores... Uh, Chrissy and Helen at Andrew Hare in Rainer's Lane, uh, who said, P.S. McCann roast potatoes are better than Aunt Bessie's. I'd, I'd, I don't think I've had either, actually. I've only had the uh, the other ones, but they listen to you. Sorry, listen, listen to you. I'm talking to myself here. They listen to me every morning, which makes their day and uh, it makes them smile. So thank you, Andy and Dolores, Chrissy and Helen. Thank you very much indeed. Very nice indeed. Lovely car. Weighs a tonne. Never had a card that weighed uh, weighed so much. Because uh, they're still coming in, these cards. I know this is really bizarre. After Christmas. Oh, dear. Glitter. Glitter again. I've got to be so careful with glitter cards. Because I've suddenly realised that if, if you sort of rip the envelope open a little bit too much, the glitter comes off anyway. And it's a very nice card. Do not get me wrong. And uh, it just says, have a very Merry Christmas, Steve, from Chris who's now also on my hate list of people for setting a glitter card. I didn't realise. When it was big glitter, we were fine, weren't we? Now it's little little glitter. We're, sort of, we're kind of suffering. Talking of, uh, of suffering, there is a story in the paper today. The, the headline... Oh, that's nice, actually. And that's, uh, that's from Jason. Thank you very much indeed. He said, thank you for all the great shows this year. Yes, can you send me a list of which ones they were? I like to tell the boss. I like to remind him, this was a great show. This was a... He liked the show at the Hippodrome. He really did. Really liked it. Uh, this is the, uh, the headline is Taking It Hard. And it says here, a jilted boyfriend turned up as it is exes with a bucket of cement for Christmas and dumped it all over the car. This is Darren Manson. Uh, Darren is 20, but not quite all there in the brain department. He crept round to Danielle Black's home at 5.10am on Christmas morning after getting plastered. For that read, he'd had a number of sherbets. Her motor was parked in the drive and he tipped the ready-mixed cement all over the vehicle, making such a racket he woke her mum, Nicola, up. She observed him running away and saw a bucket of cement mix lying on the ground next to Danielle's car. There was cement mix on the bonnet, the windscreen and the roof. Cops were called. It's in Falkirk in Scotland, so they they can't have had much to deal with. He was arrested after trying trying to hide behind a garden wall. Uh, Shocked Danielle... Found a string of angry texts from him on her phone. One read, I have so much hatred towards you, you aren't even worth it. He's quite clearly a nasty little drunk. And uh, quite rightly, 
was taken into custody and spent uh, two days over Christmas in police cells. Uh, his uh, his solicitor said uh, they hadn't long split up and things were a little raw. Well, quite clearly, she didn't want to be with him because she obviously saw through what he's supposed to be. Uh, he says it's fair to say there may have been drink involved. In other words, he was plastered. But uh, he's been bailed on condition he stay away from Danielle. He's unemployed. Good. 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 Delighted. He's a warehouseman. I mean, God, can't be that difficult to be, find yourself unemployed if you're a warehouseman, can it? But anyway, he went round, he damaged a car. So how's he going to afford to pay back? He won't. Like there was a woman in the paper the other day. Did you read? Did she cheat people out of £50,000 and had to pay back a pound? A pa- what, what, what message is this sending out to fraudsters? As far as I'm concerned, you know, it should be in ratio. You steal, you know, 10,000 people off people. That's a year in prison. 20,000, two years in prison. 30,000, three years. 50,000 pounds, five years in prison. And you stay there for five years. As simple as that. A lot of people talking about Carrie Fisher saying she'd slipped back into the into the old ways. Uh, Wiggins, Bradley Wiggins has retired from cycling. They retire ever so early, these people, don't they? I think he's only like 36. And you think, so what do they do now? Do they then just become commentators and celebrities? Do you think he'll be going on a celebrity reality show or something? I just sort of, I thought that these people, did, you know, imagine retiring at the age of 36. They've all done it, though. We've had the Rebecca Adlingtons and all those sort of people, and they turn up on a few reality shows, and then gradually the public go, God, you're boring, aren't you? You know, we love Brad. I've trekked over blooming Bushy Park for that man to watch everybody. Thousands of us trekked there. Thousands of us. We all went over to Bushy Park near Hampton Court, and we waited as they came. Oh, my God, I tell you, my feet were aching at the end, but we loved it. And on the way back, we found a nice pub to go to, and we all had a drink. Oh, it was great. Me and Lynn. We had a great time. We trekked all. We went all the way up to Kingston Bridge. Then we watched them going past us. And then we all went into Bushy Park and then waited till they came back round. Oh, it was fantastic. Best thing I'd ever done. No, one of the best things I've ever done. What was the other thing I did? Oh, the Queen's Jubilee going up and down the mall in the car. That was nice. Every time we, we had the flag on the air and it went up and down, people clapped and cheered, which we thought was fantastic. That was lovely. And um, what else? I don't know. So many different moments, aren't there? Over the years, you go back over over your sort of fantastic moments, and you think, you know, that was that was really great. I thought the show at the Hippodrome was really great. I thought the Magic Circle show was great. The Christmas lunches were great this year. In fact, actually, there's been so many good things this year. Uh, you know, it's only been marred by by the death of of Rick Parfit, and by George Michael, and by Debbie Reynolds, and Carrie Fisher, and uh, all the other people who we who we've lost. And it's been a catalogue of people from show business catalogue of people who we've lost this year and I don't like to think about it I don't like to think that uh, that these people have gone now I mean Debbie Reynolds I thought was going to go forever seriously Uh, Steve I broke my back 10 years ago and I still got rods in my spine I was a secretary a while back and my then boss used to get angry when I'd call in on a very cold icy morning and say I was working from home no job is worth jeopardising your health yeah I mean I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you actually I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Winnie says, we had the M&S sherry trifle on Christmas Day instead of pudding. It was lovely. If you don't want it, I'll eat it. I'm not sharing it. I've got to check the sell-by date, actually. <laughs> Christmas is still going until the last bones have been souped. I just like cold turkey. I wasn't really bothered about what, what people did with the bones afterwards. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, I thought the turkeys this year were really nice. Obviously not, not the turkeys kind of year, is it, really? And they go, what are you? I'm a turkey. All oh, right, you're looking forward to this time of year? Why? What happens? You'll find out. You'll find out. Uh, other stories. Uh, da, 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 da. What's this? Oh, the World War Two eye test trickster pilot has died. This is a poorly sighted Second World War fighter pilot who memorised the eye chart to enlist has died. Uh, 
I sometimes think I should do that. You know, when they go, OK, cover one eye and you have to go down the chart. I thought if you actually memorised it, because it's the same chart everywhere you go, you could actually get through the whole thing and they go perfect eyesight. But in fact, really. And then they go, OK, cover this eye and they put those, those sort of drops in. But he actually memorised it. So he, he was a bit, but he lived to 94. Wallace Norman Adams. Norman Stanley Fletcher, you stand accused. He'd already failed the Royal Navy's test when he learnt the order of the letters. He passed the RAF exam at the age of 19. He flew Hawker Hurricane fighters, posted to Canada. He was demoted after being caught flying under 100 feet over Lake Ontario. His daughter said he might have been showing off. It prevented him from being posted in Europe and probably saved him. 46 years of marriage he had. His wife died in uh, in 97. But uh, good Good for him for life. How, I've often thought, every time I have the eye test, perhaps I should memorise it. Seriously, perhaps I should memorise the eye test. Then I think, would they know? I think they might know, actually. Uh, when Dell and Rodney became millionaires, Only Fools got... Didn't you love that? You know, when we had Only Fools and Horses. And they'd been through their whole, their whole career. And then they find the lesser watch. And uh, they go... And they decide to put it up for auction because they thought... And they, luckily, they had the provenance. That's what you've got to find nowadays, the provenance. And they had the uh, the provenance and they take it there. And I forget, it went for something like six million or so, whatever it was. They're sitting in the car and he went, you ready, Rodney? Yes! And they went like that when they won it. And then they ended up, shows how much more you could buy. Uncle Albert got a boat, a really flashy boat. And uh, Rodney and Cassandra, I think, had the beautiful flat that overlooked Tower Bridge. And then uh, Dell... And wife and son had the beautiful country house, which looked beautiful. That episode, apparently the highest audience of any TV programme in British history. Do you know why that people liked it? It's because, you know, I mean, we know they were acting. Well, some people probably didn't, weren't aware of it, but they were acting it. And it's because they were sort of, they were sort of the people who just lived in Nelson Mandela house. They didn't have anything. It was all a little bit tacky. It was all a little bit... You know, bit sort of as your father kind of stuff, and they were always wheeling and dealing, and then they end up with that money, having found the watch, and they show it. I think it was Cassandra's father who knew about it, and he went, "What? Show me that? I don't believe it." Because I think he was a horologist, and so he knew what it was. He said, "But this is the lesser watch," and I think Rodney said something like, "Lesser, lesser than what?" Or something. Anyway, and he said, "Have we, have we actually got the receipt from this? They bought it off an old lady." And uh, Rodney said, yeah, because Rodney kept all the receipts and they found the receipt. They said, there you go, watch, buy so-and-so, so-and-so. And I remember thinking, what are the chances? What are the chances? And that was the one. That was the one. It was uh, it was a great, great episode. And we loved it. So everybody liked the one where they dressed up as Batman. I didn't like that one. I, I liked the one. I liked it when they were bottling Peckham water. I thought that was quite good. And uh, and I liked it when... What was the... Oh, that's right. Rod... <laughs> No, Dell found this posh girlfriend. She was terribly posh, but she only wanted him for the picture that was in his sitting room. He didn't realise, and he actually had infected most of her furniture stock because they had woodworm or something, and they'd infected it, but she was only after the picture. And it went all the way through this, and he, he really thought that she liked him because he liked her, so he took her out to the curry house. And at the end, he, he said, but I, I thought you liked me. And she said, did you really think, she said, I was going to be impressed by some third-rate curry? I mean, quite clearly, she was mortally offended by the whole thing. And um, she said, as soon as I saw that picture, I knew exactly what it was. They're in the sale room. And he said, he said, I know what it is, too. And she went, how could you possibly know? Because he was, he was lower class. How could you possibly know? He said, I know. He said, because I'll tell you how I got it. He said, my old mum was a char in this house. She nicked it.
So, of course, this woman, because this woman had said to him, listen, uh, mummy and daddy have signed an affidavit to say this picture has been in our family for generations. But, of course, now she's a fraudster. And, uh, and that was the comeuppance. He went, good luck, darling, as he walked out the sale room. Because, uh, and she then sat there thinking, oh, my God, I've got my parents to commit perjury. Fantastic. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, what else said the paper today? George's secret stash of albums. Oh, come around to this one in a minute. Uh, source to George's uh, attitude. He was a brilliant musician, but he was a perfectionist. So there might be a lot of albums recorded that might never see the light of day. Think again. Once the record companies have got their hand on them, they'll be releasing them. Of course they will. Heavens above. It's George Michael, isn't it? People want to hear what else he had uh, He had there. But £168 million, where will the money go? That was the story in all the papers yesterday. Where will the money go to? Will it go to the godchildren? Did he make a will? Did he include Kenny? Is it a current will? Or is it an old one from years ago and he just forgot to update it? All those questions answered over the next few weeks, I should imagine. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice to be company. Welcome to uh, Thursday. I don't know what Thursday is. I really don't know what it is. It's the, the other day we knew that it was a, it was a Catholic uh, day, so that was lovely. Uh, Steve, the power of radio. Now I'm going to have to try and find the copy of the Lesser Watch episode. It's out on DVD. In fact, everything's out on DVD, and it was the um, it was it was fantastic. It was, the chandelier one was brilliant. Do you remember where they, where they set up the uh, the company to clean chandeliers? And they went round there in the, this little beaten up old van, and uh, an Uncle Albert's there, and he says, "You all right, Dell?" He goes, "Yeah." And of course, he hits the thing to release the chandelier, and it's the wrong chandelier. <laughs> Was that pre-Uncle Albert? Yeah, because we had two Uncle Alberts, didn't we, in it? We had Grandad, and then he actually died in real life, and then we got the other, all right, Dell. He used to like that, all right, Dell. <laughs> That's quite a good impression, actually. That's another one I could add to my list. Mind you, only said two words. You might have said anything else. Uh, Iceman was talking about, and uh, Chantal were talking about the, uh, the chandelier, which was actually a great... There were all those sort of marvellous things, weren't there? And do you remember Dell falling through the bar, that classic one where he said, you know, yeah, impress the girls. Because he had his briefcase and he went into the bar and he was trying to impress all the yuppies. In the days when we had things like yuppies, now we don't. Now we don't have yuppies anymore. I told you there was that that great one on the train. Do you remember when mobile phones came out? And uh, and people were saying, oh, mobile phones. Ooh, posh, posh, posh. Only for posh people. Now kids of six have got mobile phones. You can see them playing on them. And uh, somebody was on a train and some boy was talking very loud. Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, train's pulling in soon. OK, see you then. OK, what are we having for tea? Roast beef, fantastic. And somebody said to him after he said, he said, oh, he said is that one, one of the new phones? He said, yeah. It's one of the new, the new telephones, the portable telephones. And I said, can I have a look at it? He said, yes, certainly. And so he gave it to this bloke who probably threw it out the window. <laughs> now you can't make any stupid phone calls. Because I had one of the original telephones. It was stolen out of my car. Somebody smashed the car window to take it. It was like a field telephone. Like, you know, it, the phone actually fit. It was actually a physical thing. And it had an aerial on it and batteries. And you could charge it up. And I was in Mayfair having dinner at the home of a trichologist, a very famous trichologist, with, uh, with Biggins. And I heard my alarm go off. And somebody had smashed the window and stolen the phone. And when I phoned up the police to say the phone's been stolen, he said, what did it look like? I said, I don't know. He said, do you want to come down here? I've got about 5,000. <laughs> I said, oh, fantastic. And um, 
Times have changed, Steve, on the final Only Fools and Horses episode. The fact that Rodney and Dell could afford their plush mansions and Riverside apartments on 6.5 million shows how much the times have changed. Yes, I mean, you know, and also that huge boat, that actually would nowadays be a million and a half, two million pound boat. The apartment would be probably about four, five million and the house in the country that Dell had, you know, you could do a lot more. Nowadays, it's, I mean, it's nothing, is it, really? You know, when somebody says, oh, you know, uh, I've just won a million pounds on the lottery, well, how far do you think that's going to go? I know it seems like a lot of money, but to be brutally honest with you, you know, we've had million-pound properties around my way for ages. We found one this morning, literally down the road from me, three million pounds. It's not mine, I hasten to add, but three million quid. And you think you'd have to own a property to sell it, to afford something like that, to move up. Wayne the Trolley Dolly says, as a fully paid-up member of the Only Fools and Horses fan club, your description was perfect. Although it was Raquel's father. I thought it... I did say that, didn't I? It was Raquel's father who actually... Uh, oh, Raquel... Yes, it was his wife's father, wasn't it, who'd come down and identified it, because they, they were staying. And uh, he says, you recall the storylines perfectly. You can't beat classic comedy. He says, keep warm this frosty and foggy morning. Couldn't see my own hand in front of me in London yesterday. It's the same uh, this morning. It's terrible out there. It really, is t- And even worse as we were driving in. I had one of those drivers this morning. You know, yesterday we had the I'm not driving into Leicester Square. Yes, you are. And uh, and he did. It's like sort of something I, I never quite understand. If they're doing a door to door service, you know, I'm coming to Global. I don't want to be dropped off on a road. So I have to walk to it. When I got out of the car this morning, I said, so don't worry, I'll walk. So I always limp quite badly. And um, and, and so the other morning we had this argument with the driver about driving into Leicester Square. It's as pedestrianised. I said, you could drive in. There could be a hundred policemen standing there. They won't stop you or anything. How do you get people into the hotels that we've got in Leicester Square? They drive in. How do you think they get deliveries? They drive in. You know, not complicated. And uh, the one this morning, I wanted... It's, it's almost like somebody says to you, oh, you're, you're delivering to, say, 15 Leicester Square, and you're dropping me at number five. You know, the whole idea is supposed to be a door-to-door service, not sort of wander up here, find your own way. Very shoddy. Uh, also, um, what a waste. This is uh, two 17-year-olds who have died in a car crash whilst being followed by police. The teen's car was being followed by a marked patrol vehicle when it hit a silver BMW for it ploughing into a wall. Um, these, two, uh, these two boys uh, died here uh, in it. I mean, at 17, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous that, uh, that people go out and, and sort of do things like that. You know, people do drive bad. We've seen it. You see it on all these police programmes where people, they see the police car. It's almost like an alarm bell rings inside them. And and they then put their foot down so they can have a chase. And then sometimes it ends in tragedy. And you think, well, that's kind of the way it goes in this particular case. Uh, they've now referred this one to the Independent Police Complaints Commission because the person who was driving the car has been charged with various offences, including death by dangerous driving. I mean, it's, it's dreadful, isn't it? I mean, I can only say because it's so appalling out there, the weather is so appalling... Just, if you don't need to go out, don't go out. I did go out yesterday. I, I stupidly, I went to uh, to a supermarket, which I had to drive to, a bit of a walk. And I wasn't feeling particularly brilliant at walking. And I just wanted some metal tins. But, of course, after Christmas, everybody uses aluminium things for baking and putting everything out. So they didn't have any. So I'm hoping today we're all back to normal. I'm hoping today it's all uh, it's all there. And I can go back up there and get it. I might even get the car washed. A little bit of a pain, isn't it? And don't forget, you've got to go through all the food thing again because it's um, because you've got New Year's Eve. 
And nothing will be open on New Year's Day, apart from the New Year's Day parade, which I urge you to go and see. If you're not doing anything, go see the New Year's Day parade. Jules Holland feels privileged. His BBC Hoot Nanny is part of so many people's New Year's Eve celebrations. And um, everybody watches it every year, don't they? I wish I could play piano. I wish I could sort of, you know, do honky-tonk piano and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but never really. Never really. I can't do that. Jamie Oliver got a bit of a shock. When his first Friday night feast guest slices into his finger and has to have first aid, John Bishop, dreadfully unfunny, dreadfully unfunny, John Bishop. I don't, I don't do northern humour. Um, and farmer Jimmy Doherty in the Channel 4 kitchen admits the accident is hardly surprising as he's not much of a cook. This must be pre-recorded, mustn't it? All of these things are pre-recorded. So uh, Jamie Oliver there. Would you, I quite like Jimmy Doherty. I don't want to see too much of him. But, you know, I quite like him and I'm really enjoying this kind of country file farmer's diary thing where these people are, you know, out on the moors with all their sheep and lambing. And that I quite I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it. I have uh, ultimate admiration for people who can sort of make so little money. There was one one couple there. They were taking their uh, bulls to market and they preen them and blow dry them and everything to make them look lovely. And, uh, and they didn't get the price they were looking for. They were looking for, I think, £5,000 for one of their bulls. They didn't get it, didn't hit the reserve, so that didn't sell. And, of course, that's the money they need to get them through the next year. And I thought, it's blooming tough out there. Blooming tough. You know, when you look at some of the, uh, the people uh, who do the farming, for you, they bring in milk and they bring in the beef cattle and the sheep and cows and everything else. And uh, it's in all weathers. For, for them, they don't really get Christmas because the animals don't know it's Christmas. So they've all got to be fe- uh, fed. There was one lady, she had to go and dig sheep out of the snow. Sheep are stupid. Sheep just stand there. They've got no idea what they're doing. They really, you saw them in the film Babe, where the sheep, bah, bah, they don't know anything. They cannot, bah, that's all they do. I had singing sheep once. Sean, Sean the sheep is quite smart, but I mean, but really a bit dumb. But I had singing sheep on the programme. Somebody very kindly sent me in his uh, singing sheep, which was... (laughs) And it went went all the way through like that. And in the end, wasn't quite as funny as Dave Masterman's sweep. Nothing, nothing, I think, beats sweep. That is... And there's a new version. Do you know there's a new version? Did I tell you there's another version of it where sweep gets a bit more irate? So I don't don't know if it's on their system, but uh, if it is... I think this morning we could we could do with putting a smile on our face. But there's, there's definitely a Dave Marston on there because I asked him the other day about it. Because, yeah, we'll try and dig it out. And also I've got some lovely clips for you of, of the late Debbie Reynolds, the Hollywood superstar who died at the age of 84, the day after her daughter Carrie Fisher died at the age of 60. And going back into the LBC archives, and thank God for the archives, uh, six years ago I interviewed Debbie Reynolds for an hour we talk about the Hollywood films, we talk about her family, we talk about her one-woman show, we talk about everything. We've, we've passed it on to the producer of In Conversation because it'd be quite nice to play as a, as a tribute. We have the programme sorted out for this week, but uh, maybe next week we can, uh, we can sort of cut it about. But I've got some clips for you uh, this morning, which we'll play on LBC. And if we can find Sweep and Steve Allen. This is, if you haven't heard it before, I promise you it's the funniest thing. Dave, Dave Masterman, is ever, I mean, he's obviously very clever in this department. He works for one of our sister stations. Why it's a sister station, I have no idea. But he's terribly clever and he's terribly good looking. But he did, why that's got anything to do with it, I don't know. But he did this thing with Sweep and I just, somebody mentioned it to me. They said, oh, did you know that uh, there's this interview with you and Sweep? And I thought somebody was taking the Michael and I said, I don't remember doing an interview with Sweep. And then we heard it. 
And it's just, it's very funny. So if you haven't heard it before, you're going to get to hear it again this morning. If we can fi- find the new one, that'll be quite nice. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Uh, Jonathan Creek. Do you know I've got a box set of Jonathan Creek? And I um, and I really keep meaning to get round to doing it because I'm a big fan of Alan Davis. Zoe Ball has now been sober for six months. Uh, she split from Norman Cook uh, in September after 17 years and she's made it to half a year without booze. A friend of mine's got that app on his phone. It now says you are in month seven of no alcohol. Which I think is uh, I think is uh, is quite a quite a clever thing. Bushy beards are out. An overwhelming ninety four percent of women have an instant dislike to bushy beards. So Father Christmas could be out by this time next year. He might have to be clean shaven. But I mean, you know, where would we be without a kindly, white bearded old man? You know, that's that's the wonderful thing. I was watching some of those Noel Edmonds programs on YouTube. Some of the Christmas things. Oh God, they're good. Oh, seriously good. Anything that makes me cry before the programme. So I had to watch the pipes and drums and uh, people doing Arrival. And that kind of sets me up for the programme. It kind of puts me in the right frame of mind. Coming up to the news at six o'clock. Apparently today is the Feast of St Thomas Becket, murdered in Canterbury Cathedral. Uh, Not a good day for him at all. Uh, The ex-DJ slamming the hysteria over George Michael's death. Elton John to sing at George's funeral, we hope. The woman's iPhone, which explodes in her pocket. Uh, the bargains at the sales. Sold out in three days. The NAF lineup of Celebrity Big Brother. There's no celebrities in there at all. It's pitifully NAF, I'm afraid. The Christmas recycling shambles. They can't recycle glitter-covered cards or paper. So you, you're now going to have to do another bag for anything with glitter on it. An OBE, outrageous betrayal of etiquette. Victoria Beckham gets one. Well, he got one years ago, so why not her? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 29th of December. I'm now trying to remember, is it 12th night when we take down the decorations? 12th, which is about the 6th of January, isn't it? Something like that. I think they all have to be down by that time, or at least the lights turned off. Uh... Otherwise, you apparently get a year of bad luck. And I keep thinking the amount of celebrity deaths we've had and the uh, and the other deaths that we've had, it couldn't have been a worse year, could it? Although every year exactly the same. And as the temperatures plummet, uh, the freezing fog brings travel misery. A huge 20-car pile-up on the motorway yesterday left one woman dead and 15 people needing treatment at the scene. It's bad out there this morning. The advice is take care, watch your speed and watch other drivers. They could be your downfall. Plus the Christmas recycling, they can't reuse glitter-covered cards. Everything else they can mix up together and pulp it, but apparently if it's got glitter on it, and everything's got glitter, perhaps we should ban glitter. Years ago it was big glitter, now it's little tiny, tiny glitter. We have a a tribute to Debbie Reynolds between now and 7 o'clock this morning, because six years ago she came in to the studio to be interviewed for an hour. I I had the pleasure of sitting with a Hollywood legend for an hour. I mean, it doesn't get any better. I think somewhere there's even a photograph. Somewhere there's it. We normally take photographs or something like that. It wasn't recorded on video, which I wished it uh, it had been, but we didn't have that facility at the time. But uh, she came in, I remember thinking, God, it's a Hollywood film star. I mean, it really is. A Hollywood. I, I try not to do anybody from reality shows because, to be honest with you, they just they can't string two words together. There's no point. She had a career that spanned you know, 60-odd years, you know, from all her early films, The Unsinkable Molly Brown and The Singing in the Rain, her one-woman show, her Vegas acts, her three marriages. And, uh, and she emerged at the end as a Hollywood star. She was one of, the, one of the greats, one of the greats. There's only a few of them left now. There's only a few of them left, and I'm, I'm lucky 
that I met her and I'm lucky that we interviewed her and I'm lucky that we have the archive. So we'll play you a couple of little little clips. I think possibly, you know, they say a suspected stroke after the death of her daughter Carrie Fisher. And I suspect that would be... She had had ill health for a little while, actually. And I suspect that would probably be, be it. Loads of people have... Um, have tweeted about her, including Joan Collins and William Shatner. Most people are saying she's the last of the Hollywood greats. When you think that she was in the heyday of the studios, she remembers the studio. We talked about it. She had a huge warehouse full of props from films which she'd bought over her career. She had all sorts of things, including, I think it was the guitar from The Sound of Music that Julie Andrews played. She had the clothes from The Sound of Music. I wish somebody had the puppet theatre. I'd like to see where the, uh, where the, the sort of puppet theatre is. Cruel, cruel year, says Mark Hamill. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically what it is. There's, uh, there's a lovely picture on the front of somebody kicking the year six, the number six off the edge of a cliff and going into 2017. People always say the same, don't they? You actually sort of go, it's been a chronically bad year. You might have had a bad year this year. It might have been might have been terrible. And um, and so so all of a sudden you think, let's hope this year is going to be better. That's what we go into the year thinking, isn't it? I mean, I'll be here on the first of uh, the month 2017, which is nice. We'll be here for breakfast with a bit of bonhomie. Uh, I love the sweep, but those guys in your sister station love you so much they talk about you every day. They do, don't they? They do, yeah. I love them too, actually. I love everybody here. There's nobody I don't love here, actually. I can't think of anybody. Is the new sweep not available? Oh, the new sweep's not available. I'll have to have a word with Dave Martin. He'll, he'll know about that. Why is the new sweep not available? That is terrible. Is, is it just not available to us? It's just not. It's not up there. Oh right, somebody's got it. Somebody will have the blooming thing. They've they've definitely done another one. There is definitely another one. Uh, schools and organisations. Steve may like glitter Christmas cards can be used in crafts. Barton upon Humber operations. Christmas child puts them in craft packs for shoe boxes. Says Kate. What would glitter on? Oh dear, I can't. Think. You'd have to cover yourself, wouldn't you, with sort of gloves and everything else to make sure that you didn't. Um, that you didn't sort of get all this glitter all over you. How many, uh, most episodes of Only Fools were recorded in Bristol, says Christine. Were they really? Oh, right. Nelson Mandela House. Is it in Bristol? Oh, right. Oh, it does actually exist. Oh, it was demolished. Probably wise, I should imagine. But only, only recently. Oh, right. I didn't know that. I met Rodney once. Nicholas Lindhurst. He was doing a play. He's completely different from the character. He's, he's, he's very posh and he's very quiet. He loves surfing. And if you notice, think, think to yourself, you ever seen him out at showbiz parties? No. Ever seen him turning up for any of those sort of charity things? No. Ever seen him on any, any, no, nothing at all. He keeps himself to himself, really. He must have made a small fortune and well worth it. Chris in Cardiff says, greetings of the season. In December, the days up to the 25th of his advent, and now it's Christmas, the 12 days of. The chilli garlic sauce would go very well with your chips and kebab. Yes, we liked the sound of that yesterday. We did like the sound of that. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure whether or not I'll actually be buying any. I didn't get my towel yesterday, but I seem to buy loads of bits and, uh, loads of bits and pieces. And uh, I seem to stagger back up with sort of bags and everything else, thinking every day I go out and I think, I don't actually need anything. I mean, I really don't need anything. But I've sort of got loads of things. I'm trying to sort of reorganise. It's terribly difficult. There is definitely, says Adam, another sweep audio clip. I've heard it. It was Chris's show that brought your show to my attention. I know, that's, that's how it worked. In fact, actually, it was very strange because I wasn't sure because when he arrived in, in the building, this is Mr M, he, uh, I wasn't too sure. I'd only met him once before at a friend of ours, his house, and he was there. But I didn't really talk to him because I didn't, I didn't know anything about him. And uh, and I thought, you know, because he was sort of big, 
you know, he was sort of on a big thing. He earned a lot more money than I did. Not that that made any difference. And then when he came in here, he he comes in, you know, quite a few mornings and he'll just come in for a chat. He's a, he's a, he's a super fan, as they say, a Steve Allen super fan. But I love him on that show. I love Pippa. We love Dom. I hope he's better, actually. He was a bit sick before Christmas. And Dave Masterman, well, I mean, I tell you, I've, no, no words, no words can describe uh, how much we love him to pieces. So I'm, I'm going to definitely bend his ear at some point when they're back to try and get Sweep the uh, the second piece of audio. Because I'm told it's, it's better than the first bit. Sweep, Sweep gets a bit carried away on the second one. If you haven't heard it, you'll have to search it. And yes, we did. I, I'm trying to badge it. My boss keeps saying to you, oh, Steve, he's like that. Oh, Steve, can't you get Chris to do in conversation? And he won't do it. He won't do it. It's terrible, isn't it? I can get everybody else under the sun. You know, everybody from Debbie Reynolds downwards. And I can't get Mr. M. He won't do it. He said, oh, what were we talking about? I said, radio. Radio. We talk about radio. Tony Blackburn's been in to do it. Loads of people. You know, um, James O'Brien. I've not actually done James O'Brien. He's interviewed me for me. Uh, Nick Ferrari's been on it. Ian Dale's constantly pestering me. Constantly saying, well, I, I could do it. Sheila Fogarty's done it. Uh, Beverly Turner's done it. Actually, if Ian Dale's listening, what do you mean all these people have done it? Why have I not done it? Katie Hopkins has done it. <laughs> but I want Mr M, but he won't do it. He won't do it. It's just because he said I haven't got anything to promote. I said it doesn't matter. I'm sure that we can actually... Um, we can actually think of uh, think of something to talk about, can't we, on the programme? But uh, John in Kent, he says, every time you speak to your producer, I hear Sweep responding in my head now. Brilliant. It was it was so funny, wasn't it? It was so funny. I mean, it, it just is. Have, have we got it? Can we find it again? I know it sounds really... Yeah, we play, we're, we're, we're play the original for you. For those people who are new to the programme, and I know that every day I get people going, listen, I've heard about this programme, this Steve Allen's early breakfast and the spike and all the rest of it. Why do people listen? And the answer is because we just sit down and talk for three hours. We take your texts and emails. I can pop them in. And then sometimes you remind me about something. And the, we do the news stories and we do Christmas and we do people's deaths and we do, and we do births and we do everything else. And so we've actually got... This clip, and the reason I've actually playing it again is because it just makes me smile. And so if, you've got listen, to understand that Steve okay. is basically talking to his producer, but you don't hear this on the radio. We have added in extra yes. audio, but it was it Paul Smith, the newsreader? Yeah, clear. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Here is Steve Allen from LBC. Until we get into a sexist row over men not playing the dame, we're in real trouble. Absolutely. She's obviously perhaps she's got something coming up, and she needs some publicity. Oh God. <laughs> Is he very angry still? That's really, seriously unhappy. Well, we've had Subo, she's phoned me in the studio and she said, how's everything down south? And I went, it's fine. And so she's sending me a free copy of her album, which is... Oh, that lovely, look. Oh. Aren't you lucky that people care? You won't better go to sleep tonight. I think you're very lucky that people care enough. But they're sending you pictures of the woman that you adore. <laughs> Don't upset him, honestly. It's bad enough as it is. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, really? Oh, God. I have absolutely. I absolutely have. I absolutely have. I have. I have. I have walked up the stairs. <laughs> oh, I love the way we suddenly forget. Oh, hello. Oh, I clarify, you've never been in my bedroom. I so have. <laughs> for, well, of course, only for a tour. What else did you... Oh, God in heaven. HR, hello. 
Well, you removed the Subo pictures. I knew that they were on the wall because there was the blue tack still up there. Didn't you have one of Susan Boyle on the beach? In our broth? <laughs> <laughs> That is just oh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. So that has so, just so made clever. my day. That was lovely. It, it still makes me smile now. It really does. Because what I'm watching, and what you'll probably watch if you, if you catch up with it later, is their studio. They, they film everything in their studio every day. And so they've got their cameras all over the place. And so you could see them. And it's, and it's genuine laughter because it's just... It works the same as our, our big studio downstairs. That's the reason I don't do our big studio downstairs. But they, it was really good, and Dave is, uh, is very good. They gave him a spray tan a while ago. They were doing stuff for some reason. They managed to get him down to his pants in the studio. <laughs> Thank God we're not doing that in this programme uh, today. Uh, so we will have some clips of, uh, of Debbie Reynolds. And uh, June says, I feel for Todd Fisher right now. Yeah, the pain must... I think, you know, for anybody like that, don't you think so? Every time, you know, people sort of say it's very it's very difficult to deal with something, and we've all gone through it. The older you get, the more you will go through it, and the more you will, you know... And different people deal with it um, in different ways. Last year, June says, we sat by my younger brother's life support and lost him. Within days, my mum, 87, was rushed to hospital. We were told there was little hope. One doctor even advised delaying my brother's funeral and waiting to make it a joint one. Eventually, ups and downs, discharges, readmissions over months. She's out of danger, weak, housebound, but we didn't lose her. And that was more pain than I thought I could stand to have actually lost his mother too and to have it in the full glare of the public eye. Poor man. It is. Nobody ever understands until you've... Uh, been through bereavement and it's been somebody that you've known that's when it's incredibly incredibly difficult and uh, I have lots of admiration for people everybody gets through it in their own way some people listen to the radio some people you know just sort of sit there and cry a lot you know we've all been there we've all been there not if you're very young but if you're a slightly older person you will be going through it sadly contrary to the public opinion of everything we do not live forever we want to but it just doesn't work like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six is the time. Debbie Reynolds, the late Debbie Reynolds, came in to talk to me back in the spring of 2010. She was in the UK to perform a 12-night run of her one-woman stage show called Alive and Fabulous at the Apollo Theatre, which is very close to where we are in London's West End. During the hour-long chat, she explained to me just how much she loved working. I don't think a lot of people believe you. You know, they think everybody wants to sit around and retire. I, I don't. I really don't. My brother retired when he was 60, and he's been very happy, but he's a carpenter. You know, he likes to fiddle and fool and, you know, have his tools. And, and, he, and I love it because he fixes everything around my house, and things always need fixing, especially me. But you can't nail, <laughs> can't nail me together. <laughs> Glue me together, but you can't nail. So my brother fixes things, but... Honestly, 60, I thought, well, you know, 60 came and went boom, boom, so fast. And then 70 came along, and that seemed like it went very fast. And now here I am on my way to 80. I said, I said to my brother, you know, I'm going to say I'm 87 because everyone will think I look fabulous. Or you 97. Look, you look fabulous anyway. <laughs> Thank you, you Steve. In the end, she did sort of retire in the last three or four years after suffering poor health. She certainly reduced the amount of work she was doing. But she was still performing a, so a small number of on-screen roles in the final years of her life. Uh, during our conversation, I asked her, aside from work, 
What makes her happiest? Well, happiest is to know my children are well,、yeah. and that my family's well. My mother, father passed on. I have a brother that I adore, and just to know the people that I love are well, and that they're happy, and that I can do well in in my life and in my career, and that、uh, everything in life goes along smoothly. I like to have it a little peaceful. I like. I don't really like to have too much、uh, aggravation in life. I like to try to have it be peaceful if I can find that. Happiest is to know my children are well. She said, particularly moving words when we learn that from Todd Fisher, her son, that Debbie Reynolds's parting words were, "I want to be with Carrie." Debbie Reynolds talking to me back in 2010.、Uh, she has、uh, died overnight. She suffered a, a stroke just a day after her daughter Carrie Fisher also passed away. Debbie Reynolds was 84, and I'm pleased to have、uh, to have met her because、uh, they don't get any bigger than that. They really don't. But、uh, who'd have thought? Uh, Howard says, "Thank you very much indeed for sweep." <laughs> yes, I think we need a few laughs, don't we? And、uh, how did you rate? Somebody says David Walliams interviewing Dame Shirley Bassey. I thought it was an odd match, but she managed to go along with it and laugh at herself. I, I met Shirley Bassey, as you know. She came in to、uh, to talk to me, and all I remember thinking was, "God, it's、uh, it's Shirley Bassey." You know, they don't get any bigger. Now, if anything was camp, that would be Shirley Bassey. I think she would always be the first person. She was、uh, she was quite amazing. She came in. And、uh, and she she asked to see one of my bosses, or one of my bosses had asked to see her, and so I said, oh, I said、uh, one of my bosses, my my big boss,、uh, has asked to see you. She said, oh, good, Ashley. I said, oh, you know him? She said, yes. She said they they have the flat above me in Monaco, and I went. Oh right, okay. That puts it in context for me. That puts it in context. So we were we were thrilled. She was gorgeous. We had pictures taken. It was, and it was absolutely lovely. So you know, you get to meet these nice people, and and somebody always. I always get people asking me. They say, you know, who have you not liked? I haven't not liked anybody. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the program. I've had a couple of interviews that haven't maybe gone as well as they as they they probably could have done. You know, either because maybe the、uh, the artiste was tired,、uh, but I've interviewed Victoria Beckham. I've had Victoria Beckham. I had Victoria Beckham phone me on the program. Excuse me, it's one of those things. But Sarah Vine says in the Mail today: now they've given Posh an OBE, we should scrap the tainted honours. Because I've said before that when you look through the list of some of these people, it is like handing out sweeties. It's a case of who、um, have we got anybody to give them to? Oh, give them to them, give them to them. And so it was inevitable that eventually Victoria Beckham would get an OBE. It's not for singing. You'll be delighted to know because otherwise, I said before, you would have to give one to all the Spice Girls because they, they, they collectively were the Spice Girls. They sang strangely out of all of them. Victoria didn't sing that much, but she was part of the Spice Girls, so it was for services to fashion and to charity. And that's and that's the way it goes. And they had there'd be other people on the list. You'd be going, how how's that person managed to make it onto the list? You know that can't be right. And so people are disagreeing. They don't think she should be on the list. But to be honest with you, have you ever known anybody who's had as much coverage as Victoria Beckham? I mean, in living memory, I can think of all all these celebrities. And you know, I'm not the hugest fan in the world. You know, I know she's constantly going on about the family and how multi-talented they are, and they're all this and that because she bigs them up. But you know, at the end of the day, you won't find anybody who garners as much column inches. And I mean, they must. Her parents must be making a scrapbook. They must have been doing it for years, from the early days of when they first started、uh, going out.、Uh, she's been accused of discrediting the honours system after revealing that she's getting this OBE, and they found loads of people. You know, people say here OBEs are given out like candy. It means absolutely nothing. It was given to people like her, but she's she's worked for it. And、I've, as you know, I'm not waving a flag for Victoria Beckham any time soon. 
you know, I think, listen, they work hard. That's what, I don't think anybody works probably harder than her. What state the marriage is in, I've got no idea. The papers are always speculating that they're only together for the sake of the kids and the brand Beckham. It doesn't matter, she's still working. She obviously enjoys the working bit and occasionally the family all get together. You know, uh, most people from the Mail Online have said, oh, they're having a laugh kind of thing and uh, awards just add to the uselessness. And they say it's a joke to people who truly deserve the honours. But then who would you put on the honours list? I mean, I don't know. You you know, are we putting on policemen who've lost their lives, you know, in the call of duty, servicemen and women who've been maimed? They've all done something. They've paid, you know, the people who pay the ultimate sacrifice, not some, you know, very privileged young girl from, you know, Hertfordshire who's sort of used to get taken to school in a Rolls Royce. But she she works for a living. She doesn't sponge off anybody. She does work. She borrows from Dave occasionally. But, I mean, they do work for a living. That's what they do. Dave models pants and attempts to drink whiskey. But, as I say, I don't think David Beckham even likes the taste of drink. Somebody had the audacity to ask, having uh, me ask the question about, have you ever seen uh, David Beckham drunk? Somebody says, have we ever seen Steve Allen drunk? Which is an absolutely outrageous suggestion. Heavens above. I mean, I have had a few drinks before now, and I have had a few moments where I've been a bit wobbly, shall we say. But uh, generally speaking, the answer is no. Although there might have been some people on Christmas Eve who might might have testified to the fact they might have seen me a little bit tiddly. Uh, Matt, I didn't have a chance to watch your video about Marie Curie. I will try and get round to it today. And Kaz says, Steve, we walk 12 hours a day. It gets hot. That's why we wear shorts. Like your tree, if that's your tree. Very nicely done. Very imp- I'm very impressed by people who dress trees properly. You know, and, and that that's a, a dressed tree, which I quite like. Uh, somebody, Yes, it's Michael who's asking, has anybody ever seen Steve Allen drunk? Nobody's, nobody on here is going to be testifying to the fact they've seen me drunk. Heavens above, that would only be something uh, something private. My friend Danny says, lots of black ice around this morning. Please be careful. He's absolutely right. And, uh, and Kay Burley has tweeted about uh, Debbie Reynolds. Much, of course, later than we did on LBC. We were carrying it before it was even on the television news. LBC was running with it, which is good. And uh, what else have we got here? Boy George. He says, stretching. First thing in the morning can help you make better food choices. Even subtle yoga is beyond beneficial. I could just eat. What could I eat now? I don't know what I could eat now, actually, but I think it involves fried fried bread. Not that trifle, no. In fact, the more I think about the trifle, the more the more guilt I'm getting, more more pangs about... You know, you mustn't touch this. I mean, I have had trifles before and I've I've scraped the cream off and the custard, which kind of leaves a rather dirgy looking mess at the bottom. But that's about as good as it gets. I keep getting tweets from Paddy's Academy. I'm assuming that Paddy is uh, he actually does does fitness. And he says he says you can join his his academy and build a better body one day at a time by covering the gym, the kitchen and motivation. Lovely. I'm not sure I could actually do it. I mean, I look at people who do gyms and, and they are fit. We have people in this building who run, and uh, I always think, no, there's no point. There's no point in overexciting your heart, is there? Just take it nice and easy. Somebody says Victoria's not worthy of the OBE. Why not? You see, I, th- I think a lot of people are going, oh, well, didn't think me saying that, Steve, about her. But I, if you think about it, she does work hard. She might not be the most brilliantly successful person ever, but then there are other people on there who sort of just knock a ball over a, over a net and things like that. Very well, but they knock a ball over a net. At least she's been out there and done something. She's not sat back on her laurels. They've amassed a nice fortune. I mean, eventually you wish that they would sit down and retire and, you know, to, to, to where? I've got no idea. I don't know where they would retire to. I think they divide their time between here and America. I'd like to find out if the boys go to school. I'd like to find out what, what David Beckham talks about when he goes out with his friends. I mean, that, you'd love to be a fly on the wall, wouldn't you? Even in the Beckham household, you'd love to be a fly on the wall. 
<laughs> just to see. I don't, I don't believe that they've ever cooked any of them. I believe they survive on takeaway pizzas and Chinese and stuff like that. Uh, Dave goes to the gym, so they can't afford a gym in their own house. Uh, she flies around all over the world wearing dark glasses, so she's basically... I don't think... The only time you'll ever see her without the dark glasses is when she goes to collect the OBE and she'll have to take them off. But she hates not wearing the dark glasses. I wouldn't mind if she has neither cataracts or conjunctivitis or anything like that at all. But she still insists on wearing the dark glasses. It becomes sort of like a trademark. Some of them work, some of them don't work. You know, for celebrities like myself. <laughs> joke. Uh, you know, I have to have to wear dark glasses and bright sunshine because I can't see anything. Blind as a bat. But, uh, but no, people don't, don't seem to think she's, she's worthy of it. And because... You know, all these people. Have, I mean, one, one here says, I don't think she deserves a service, uh, an OBE for service to fashion, but it's a joke. But I really like Dave and Victoria. They work hard for their money and they're very good family orientated. So good luck. But the majority, somebody says, I thought there were rules against releasing the name. Yeah, she released it herself, apparently, which is sort of break. I shouldn't imagine she could keep it quiet. You know, she's constantly trying to prove herself. And as I say, you know, I remember when, when she phoned me up on air, she said the Spice Girls wouldn't last very long. Of course, I was right. They didn't last that long. But uh, she came in to be interviewed. She phoned me on the phone and she came in to be interviewed. I think that was when they had their first son. I think that was when Brooklyn was born. And Dave, I can call him Dave, was walking around the outside of the building. People were going, David Beckham's upstairs with the kid walking around. And people wanted to see her. She, she spoke at ITN and people were hanging off the balconies. I mean, seriously, I got the whole family in. It was very exciting. Very, very exciting. Uh, what else have we got in the paper today? The shocking cost of electric cars. I don't like electric cars. I know it's supposed to be ecological and all this kind of stuff, but it's not for me, not for me at all. And drivers forced to pay while sitting in a queue. Ooh. And how the hospitals betray the patients by doing deals with parking cowboys. One woman finds 70 quid for leaving just 13 seconds over the time limit. We name and shame after the news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, you're probably still, many of you, uh, not going back to work. What you're doing with your time, I can't imagine it too cold to go out. But if you've got animals, you've got to take them out. Uh, we wake up to the fact that uh, Debbie Reynolds has died. When you watch back uh, some of those great movies that she made, including Singing in the Rain, I know that one leaps to the top of it. But she did uh, so many films. I mean, really, a cast list of, of hundreds of some of the biggest films in Hollywood. You have to think to yourself... That was a star, and that's what, at the very, very beginning of the program. Bit of time, tongue tied there. At the very beginning of the program, I was saying we bandy this word around, don't we? Far too often. Um, it's a case of you know they're not stars. People on a reality show are not stars. You know the people from Geordie Shore, they're not stars. The people from Towie are not stars. Anybody from you know Made in Chelsea, they're not stars. They're just media people. They're people who, you know, are on the television and they're in the newspapers. They're not start. They don't have any discernible talent. That's the trouble. And uh, Paul Impopla says, if you could get the Beckhams in again, you could give them your sherry trifle. That feeds the family of six. Yes. And uh, somebody says OBE for Steve Allen. Thank you, Brian. And I'm, I'm not. In, I know it sounds silly because I'm going to do a Janet Street Porter. I'm not interested. In things. I don't think you should. You just have awards for doing something you get paid for. Although I have gotten our keeper award, which was quite nice, you know, that was a, a gold award, and that's and that's a nice thing to have, because you know. And then what else have I got? I got something else, didn't I? As well, I can't remember what else I've got. I got kind of two things. Can't remember what the second thing is now. Actually, I'm having a complete mind block. But uh, oh, that's right, I got the um, the uh, the Radio Times award. I began to wonder. Perhaps I'd imagined it. I got the uh, the listener award. That was quite nice, actually. 
But, um, you know, it's, it's nice to do something. But when you do something that you don't think is relatively difficult, you know, and you do meet some nice people. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom Daly. He's coming in on the 3rd. He's got a book out. I only discovered the book the other day. Uh, Mark says, George Michael, David Bowie, they deserve an award for services. Not Posh Spice, who can't even smile. Um, George Michael didn't get anything, did he? Did he not have anything at all? I don't think he did. He should have done. I mean, if they can award posthumously, that would be, they can't do that, can they? Oh, right. Oh, you can't have anything posthumously done. But he should, he should be given something. But it's, a bit, it's kind of a bit late now, isn't it, really? No point in giving, you know, somebody an award after they've uh, passed on. Although I am of the firm opinion that they know that they're watching down on us and they're probably going, oh, that'd be quite nice. Uh, the hospitals, we always have dreadful... David Bowie turned down a... Stephen Hawking turned down a knighthood. He turned down... A, and David Bowie turned his down, did he? A CBE. Oh, well, interesting. And George Michael never got one, but he should have done. How the hospitals betray patients. One lady here... This is what you've got to watch when you go into a car park. And I didn't realise. She uh, was in the car park. Her name's Marilyn. She got a £70 fine from a company called Parking Eye after leaving her car at hospital 13 seconds too long. You know Why? Because the cameras clocked her going into the car park at 10.14. She hadn't even found anywhere to park. But they timed her from 10.14. Hence, they, eventually, she didn't, she didn't, she, I'm not paying that. And there was another bloke as well uh, called Mr Fletcher. That's Derek Fletcher. He runs sort of like, a, a, he uses his own car, but he's, he ferries patients to hospital. He's got stickers on it to say that's, that's what he does. He challenged the firm to check security cameras. Uh, Mr Fletcher was also fined 30 quid in Lincolnshire at the Boston Hospital after dropping off a disabled man near the entrance. The firm Total Parking Solutions said he must have caused an obstruction. Mr Fletcher refused to pay and hasn't heard back since. They're dreadful, some of these companies, aren't they? Terrible. Terrible. I'm all in favour of, you know, stopping people parking when they're not supposed to. But, you know, to time somebody from the moment they drive into a car park before they've even parked the blooming thing is nothing short of scandalous. And uh, I would... uh, I would happily say that to their faces as well. Somebody says, you don't work hard, but you play hard. You, you try keeping up with my lifestyle, I tell you. Not many people can, uh, can wake up at the early hours of the morning. Who's that a picture of? Oh, it's a picture of, um, of Wiggins, known as the Mod Father, with his wife, Kath. And uh, he's retired. As what? I mean, what, what he's going to do, I've got no idea. I'm assuming he's going to, um, he's going to sort of go out and do talking after-dinner speeches and motivational stuff and stuff like that. I mean, at 36 to retire, do you think he's made enough money? Do you make enough? Oh, he has. Oh, right, OK. He's a... Cyclists, not enormously paid. Are they better than rugby players? They're better paid than rugby players. Rug- rugby players don't seem to do so much, do they? Then they leave the sport and then they, uh, then they make a little bit. The, the, top, the top cyclists earn a couple of million a year. You wait till I bump into my parents in heaven in the years to come. I should be going, why didn't you push me on the cycle all the time? Good Lord. A woman has been beheaded in Afghanistan uh, by armed men because she entered a Taliban-controlled city without what? What would warrant a Taliban-controlled city beheading a woman because she entered the city without her husband? Dear God, these people are so backward. This 30-year-old woman had gone to the market to shop. Her husband was said to be in Iran. Under Taliban rule, I'm proving that they really are, in the dark ages, women are forbidden from leaving their homes unless accompanied by a close male relative. They're also banned from work or education and are forced to wear the burqa. 
the Taliban have rejected any involvement in this latest incident. Earlier this month, five female Afghan guards working in the airport were killed by unknown gunmen as they were on their way to work. Good God in heaven. These people are mad, aren't they? Mad doesn't even come into it. They're sick people. Sick people. There's a lovely picture of a little girl in the paper today. Her name is Dolly. Uh, Dolly's cute. She's only uh, three. Dolly Caton. Normally she plays with, with dolls. Well, normal little girls her age would, but not her. Because uh, she doesn't pretend to be a princess. Her mummy's got a farm. So she looks after the little piglets. And there's, a, there's an adorable picture in the paper today. Um, it's uh, the, her, her mummy is single and she gave up uh, work. She was a university lecturer. And so they've got a little small holding for rare breeds in the Ribble Valley. Uh, the children have no choice but to muck in and help with the daily chores. They've got 70 sheep and she's got a little piglet. And she looks after the little piglet and she's sort of, it's her little dolly. It's the cutest picture you've ever seen. It's lovely. It kind of makes you want to go back to back to nature and to um, and to uh, and sort of indulge. But I tell you, it's a hard life. It's a very very hard life, uh, like pure animal magic. And at the RSPCA, their fair share of bizarre callouts. There was uh, there was a seagull who fell into a vat of curry and emerged orange. There was the dog who got his head stuck in the railings, and there was the uh, the viper, Vecchi the viper who managed to make it into the vacuum cleaner. Plus the ewe sheep, who got a cone stuck on his head and didn't know what was going on. They're quite mad, aren't they? But uh, another nice picture. And this looks like Richmond Park, is it? It's... Uh, da, 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 da. It is in Richmond Park. You always get the best pictures from Richmond Park because it's a, an area... I mean, over the years, Richmond Park, you know, back in Henry's uh, time... Uh, they had to close it all off to the locals. They didn't want them climbing in, but they did. They put ladders up against the wall. The locals, during Henry VIII's time, would climb in, cut the trees down to burn it so they could keep warm. And so Henry's men then started guarding it. But uh, So there aren't as many trees as there used to be, but there's huge herds of deer in there. And in the early hours of the morning, when you get a lovely picture taken where there is that hoary old frost on the ground, you get a really lovely picture as a whole group of Canada geese go by. And as far as I'm concerned, Canada geese can just keep going as far as they can. Back to Canada. Go back to Megan. Go talk to Megan. Don't stay here. All they do is reproduce. Ghastly creatures. Ghastly creatures. They had, a, they had to have a cull down in St James's Park of Canada geese because they don't, they don't serve any useful purpose. We don't eat them. And, uh, and they just breed. They just breed. And so you've got hundreds of... The mess. Ghastly. Ghastly. Like pigeons. Only good pigeon... It's under, they've got to go. They've got to go. I'm sorry, out of all God's creatures, they're going together with pigeons. The only good pigeon under a bit of short crust pastry, ladies and gentlemen, all the wheels of the car. Uh, but I know that we've got some balmy old woman in Twickenham at the moment. She's dropping birdseed all over the place. Go and do it in your own garden. Madness, these people are. Complete madness. Do you remember the story I told you about the Muslim checkout girl refusing to sell wine in Tesco? Well, I mean, the more you read this story, you can't... I mean, when you read it like that, you're going, oh, that's ridiculous. She was on the... She was in the kiosk. He went to the kiosk with the wine and she said, no, you'll have to take it to somebody else because that's why she was in the kiosk. She doesn't do wine or meat or something like that. But he obviously wasn't very happy. And um, uh, Sainsbury's have set out its in-store policy in a booklet called The Little Book of Faith. That's what Sainsbury's have got. Morrison's say there is a significant Muslim community and said they've looked at the issue carefully. They said they would respect and work around anybody's wishes not to handle specific products for religious or cultural reasons. But um, Sainsbury's said they've issued guidelines... 
that there was no reason why staff who didn't eat pork or drink alcohol for religious reasons, reasons could not handle such goods. Uh, Mr. This guy, Lee Saunders, uh, was not at all happy about this. Um, but then she's forbidden from touching alcohol. But she's not actually touching alcohol. She's touching the bottle. I don't. I mean, that that side of it, I didn't quite see because it must have cropped up before this, mustn't it? If there's people, I've been served by Muslim people on the till. They've never any. Mind you, I've never bought any booze in there. I swear. But then, if you're vegetarian, would that then apply to meat or something? I don't know. The Amazon gadget that's always listening could be witness to murder in a hot tub. This is the Echo. I got one of these for Christmas. Unfortunately, I already have one. So uh, I've got two for Christmas, so we'll be swapping one back again. It looks like a speaker, but you can carry out a range of commands. Uh, responding to the name Alexa, these include playing music, buying goods on Amazon and turning on appliances. Uh, it does this using a wireless internet connection. It's ever so clever. I mean, it really is ever so clever. And um, Alexa can also read out the latest news, tell you the weather forecast, order a takeaway or even order an Uber taxi. Don't start me on that one. And um, Darren had a little joke about them. Did you hear Darren last night? Uh, he said the words, Alexa, switch on LBC on the air. Several people texted and say it worked. Imagine the fun you could have. Imagine the fun you could have. Oh, I've, I've, yes, Alexa. Who's on air at the moment? It's Deep Allen. <laughs> Could be quite nice, isn't it? Oh, fly to New York for £56. I'll tell you about this one in a moment. Don't get too excited. It's not as, not as clever as it seems, as you will discover. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Leading Britain's conversation, Andrew Castle. This morning from 7 on LBC. And John Stapleton's here as uh, well today. He gets in really early. I've, I thought Katie uh, Hopkins got in early. Uh, Mr Stapleton gets him really early, honestly. Although he did say to me the other day, he said, what do you think of the traffic the other day? Because we had rugby in Twickenham and uh, they were taking the car in the garage. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. Thousands of people. I mean, 70,000 people descend on, on Twickenham. I think for people who live in Twickenham, we all just sort of go inside, shut the doors and pretend it's not going on. It's interesting. I've never been, never been to the rugby in all these years that I've lived there. And that's about 26, 27 years. And I've never, ever been to the rugby. It never interested me. I can't think of anything worse than all these crowds of people. They've, they've built these new flats opposite the station in Twickenham, which is lovely. If you want to live there and spend £700,000 for a two bedroom flat, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. The problem is that on rugby days, you can't get out or in. With your car, because all the roads are closed off, well, you know, for a few hours beforehand. So they'll have to learn that one, because that's a very interesting one. Anyway, fly to New York for £56. Um, if you look at the small print of Britain's cheapest ever transatlantic flights, perhaps it is. Norwegian Airlines passengers face paying an extra, wait for it, £25 for a meal, £25 to check in any luggage, and £25 to reserve a seat, taking the total cost to 131 And the cheap flights only go from Edinburgh. So passengers from elsewhere will have to pay for their trip to the Scottish capital as well. They're going to do this in the summer, reducing the price by more than 50%. So it's great. Um, the advertised return fare is £112, but baggage check-in £25 each way, seat reservation £25 each way, in-flight meal £25 each way, total £262, which is probably still quite cheap. But I've never flown with, uh, with Norwegian. Uh, this uh, this plane they're flying can go for longer distances. So that's quite nice. It'll save people, but it's all right if you live in Edinburgh, isn't it? All right if you live in Edinburgh. Shakespeare's column today, I love it, in the Daily Mail, labelled a cougar. 
after courting uh, One Direction singer Harry Styles when he was 17. Uh, Caroline Flack. Good God, she's not still around, is she? Good heavens above, she is. Uh, she's 37. She's called a television presenter, but I think they just put down presenter, don't they, everywhere now. They, they just go, what do you do? Either model, like in some of those poor creatures going into the Big Brother house, models, and um, or failing that, they're presenters. They actually put down presenters. And you think, as what? As what? I don't, what did they have the other day? Who was that, um, that poor woman whose bra didn't fit? She was given a bra... She does a column. I can't remember what her name is. But anyway, she's down as a TV presenter. And they have to put down and personality. I think, is that trying to tell them that they've got a personality? Or is it to reassure the rest of us that they're not really as dumb as we thought they were in the first place? Very odd. Anyway, um, uh, the 37-year-old television presenter, Caroline Flack, has posted a picture of herself sprawled on a leopard design rug wearing leopard print silk pyjamas. Slightly peculiar. The uh, the Jim Jams are a snip compared with the hand-woven green rug which was created by Diane von Fürstenberg and cost 4,600. Flack, incidentally, has a thing about Harry's. Before style, she enjoyed trysts with Prince Harry. I was no longer Caroline Flack TV presenter, the pastry cook's daughter later remarked. I was Caroline Flack, Prince Edward's... Sorry, Prince Harry's bit of rough. <laughs> bizarre, bizarre thing to say, isn't it? Bit of rough. Mind you, he is going to be going, isn't he, uh, over to America to go and see his girlfriend... So that'll be something. They were talking about, you know, how he doesn't do as many uh, appearances for the royal family as indeed Philip. He doesn't do anything. In fact, his father does more. Even William does more. Harry just swans around, just sort of kicking a football around for a few photographs. There's nothing, nothing else in it. Uh, Steve, Muslim restaurants serve alcohol and open the bottle as well as pouring it. So I don't understand why she couldn't serve him. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, I really don't know. I wasn't there. It was it was in she was in the kiosk, which I think just serves uh, cigarettes, doesn't it, or something like that? Oh, that's just as bad for you, cigarettes or wine. But anyway, um, he sort of goes there, and she then goes, "No, I can't serve. They have to go somewhere else." So he makes a complaint, and somebody else takes the money for him. Yes, I mean, I don't understand why there are people who are Muslim. You're not you're not being asked to drink it. You're not being asked to drink the stuff. You know, you're asked being hold up. Well, they had something like that in a supermarket, didn't they? Where some woman said, oh, "I'm not, um, I'm not handling that because it's meat, and I don't do meat." You think, well, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You have to find something else for you to do now that involves you not touching meat. Honestly, we'll have people going there saying, I'm terribly sorry, I've got a phobia about people with dirty hands or fingernails. Tom says, I had an incident like this in M&S a couple of years ago. Bought two bottles of wine, a lot of other shopping. Used the self-checkout. And the assistant who had to rake off the security tags asked me to bring my wine to the back of the store. Gosh, sounds quite exciting. To the back of the store. Wait a minute, I've just, just lost the remainder of it. Every time another one comes in, it sort of moves it all down a little bit. He said, so... Um, uh, where there was equipment to remove the tags. When I asked why he couldn't take it himself, he said he wasn't allowed to touch alcohol. He said, I wrote to the store manager. I've not seen him on the section since. Do you remember that uh, we had the the sort of so-called manager at M&S in Twickenham a while ago, who we hadn't seen for ages, and said I had to instruct him to pack the bag. Luckily, he's not appeared since. I'm delighted to report. Never heard such a thing. Never packed a bag in my life. You go to Marks and Spencer's. That's part of the service of Marks and Spencer's. They pack your bag for you. Even new people pack the bag. This bloke was an idiot. I mean, a complete and utter idiot. How he ever got to that position, I've got no idea. Uh, Steve, my wife is a vegetarian. Works on the checkout for four years. Serves anybody who buys meat, booze or veg. She never fused anyone, says Jit. Yeah, I don't... I, uh, perhaps people go through funny phases. I don't know. I've never had that, actually. I'd be saying... I mean, I, I, I can have arguments practically on, on a daily basis, as you can imagine, <laughs> you know, to, you know, somebody who wouldn't serve alcohol. But as I say, you don't have to touch, you're touching a bottle. 
Touching a bottle, you're not being asked to touch the actual booze, are you? But, you know, who knows? Supermarkets are probably going, got to be really careful. Ricky Gervais deserves a gong. George Michael appeared in Ricky's excellent Extras Christmas special, also in a Little Britain sketch. Yes, I think uh, there's loads of people who should get them. You don't, people don't like this um, this Victoria Beckham thing, whereas, in fact, I'm, I'm taking the opposing view. Not for any other reason, apart from she does work. Not like she sits at home. You'll always see her going either flying in and out of an airport. I know it's a bit naff. It's the same kind of picture all the time. But at least she's doing something. At least she's keeping, you know, you know the thing. I didn't believe the story about Cheryl Versace's spag what's her face asking Victoria for advice on juggling a baby and a career. I mean, for goodness sake, honestly. <laughs> uh, somebody else uh, was telling me about... Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Joyce says, so sad. Rest in peace, Debbie. Thank you for the memories. Well, I hope that people go out... Uh, and uh, and check out Debbie Reynolds' films. Seriously, it's it's well worth it. Uh, Debbie says, don't kiosks handle lottery tickets? Would the employee handle lottery tickets? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm really not too sure. I never know with these sort of things. I don't know who who sort of handles things and who doesn't. I mean, I, I pick up vegetables, meat. I don't pick up... But I don't, I don't have any... You know, there's no religious reason why I wouldn't be handling anything. That's the way it, uh, way it works, isn't it? People are different. But then just move somebody to something else where they're just doing vegetables or something. Just let them restack vegetables. Because it's a bit pointless going, I'm terribly sorry, I can't, uh, I can't serve you because of my religion, because loads of other people manage it, as you've heard. Uh, the Daily Mirror, footy star on the embarrassing Twitter hack, Wigo, I quit. Brit kidnapped and held a sex slave for 13 years. Um, the story on the front of the Mirror, the Daily Mail. Now they've given Posh an OBE. We should scrap these tainted honours. The Sun, Nazri's caught offside by lover. Uh, Carrie fell off wagon, they say. Also, patience facing the winter misery, the NHS crisis. Apparently, the temperature is going to plummet. It's going to get even colder, so uh, be warned. Uh, The Times are running with 20 classic cocktails. Always a winner, as far as I'm concerned. Anonymity for child criminals. Not sure about that one. The freezing fog bringing the the travel misery. Down in some places, minus four degrees. Minus four degrees. Hey, great to work with you again. What's he doing here? Um, <laughs> working with me. Uh, the eye this morning. Uh, patients forced to wait weeks to see the GP. It's getting past the people on the front desk, isn't it? That's always the, uh, the problem nowadays. Uh, also, the cycling night calling it a day. What he's going to do, I've got no idea. Carrie Fisher. And uh, why she bought a home in Chelsea. Uh, Trump to Israel says strong. The PM plans to pull out of Human Rights Court. That's on the uh, the front of the Daily Telegraph today. And the Daily Express frees chaos to get worse. I told you about it. It's going to get worse. And who's the man of 2016? It's Nigel Farage. Uh, plus the top 20 tips to boost your health in middle age. It'll be the usual kind of thing. I probably could uh, run through it in my mind and tell you, don't eat fried food, don't indulge in too much booze, don't have too much chocolate, don't have this. I brought in some little, what are they called, celebrations. They're quite nice, aren't they? They're, they're quite interesting. They're a little bit Moorish. It's like buying Pringles. I find it terribly Moorish. The Guardian will say, you're not Henry VIII, Corbyn tells May in the row over the Brexit vote. Uh, the Labour leader accuses the PM of behaving like an autocratic monarch by denying Commons a say on the EU deal. Plus, Bradley Wiggins retires. What people do when they retire, I think they either go on to be commentators or they go on to do the after-dinner circuit and they and they chat about things and tell you about their life. So, he, he, according to the producer, he, they, they make a lot of money, these people. About two million a year, he reckons. Some of these top cyclists. Not bad, is it? Not as good as Jamie Oliver. 
158 quid in a year. 158 pounds. It's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. So that's what you're aspiring to. That's what you're aspiring to, ladies and gentlemen, in 2017, because we will get round to it, won't we, quite uh, shortly within the next next few days of, uh, of exactly what you're going to be doing for the new year. I hope it's stay tuned to LBC. And for anybody who's got one of those echoes, retune to LBC. Or you have to say Alexa. Alexa, retune to LBC. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10. Always worth a listen. John Stapleton. But right now, for breakfast, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.